Hello and welcome back to the Double Post Podcast. As always, I'm Reese. And I'm Charlie. And uh, we got some oh, stuff yeah. to talk about. Yeah, we do. Um, so I'm trying to move this thing around. Our voice, As you might be able to tell, our voices are slightly um, dampered. Yeah, I still forward. haven't fully recovered. No. Uh, from from the Saturday. No. It, it took a, Our voices took a beating, that's for sure. Yes, they did. You know who else took a beating? <laughs> Perfect segue. <laughs> uh, DC United. No, we're not here to talk about that. Although that's what... Dude, you know what's crazy is like any other Cascadia game that finishes 3-0, it like, or at least in this fashion, you know, like the Timbers ruining a banner. You know, that would be uh, the headline. Yeah. You'd, you'd expect that to be the headline on any sort of like MLS media. Oh, yeah, of course. But no, it's item like three on every timeline right now. Because number one is Wayne Rooney is coaching DC United again. Uh-huh. So that, that's got to be number one. Like, okay, whatever. Number two is like Suarez talked to some people. Yeah. And three is this. Uh-huh. So yeah. Whatever. You know, it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll take it anyway. Maybe uh, throwing Joseph Martinez getting angry is apparently more important. But <laughs> fuck that. Um, we, if you, if you weren't aware of this, we were both at the match. This was... This is my. This is your first. It was, yeah, it was my my first away day. Both, both of our, our first, first away day. Yeah. Um, and great. holy shit, what an amazing way to start it. <laughs> a lot of times, like people, people say like, "Oh, today, you know, today was a movie." Like you hear that as a caption to the point where it's honestly like a meme now that people yeah. will say oh, that. Yeah. It's said ironically. That day was actually a movie. It, it did <laughs> feel. It did feel a lot like it had a lot of it had a lot of movie like aspects to it. Yes. Um. Yes. Yeah. And also, in that a lot of it was a montage <laughs> and not actual things happening. Um, so yeah, do you want to just like talk about before we even get into the from game, the top? Like, yeah, yeah. We want to start. Left at ten a.m. Yeah, we got a little bit of a late start. Yeah, uh, we meant to leave. I'm, nine I'm surprise, surprise. Actually, our our plans <laughs> to leave right at nine a.m. to Seattle uh, did not <laughs> not come to fruition. Um, the, the wrench got thrown into it a couple times. We had a lot of difficulty getting to the McDonald's right by my house that I've been to hundreds of times. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, only one entrance apparently. Anyways, um, oh, we we were on the way to Seattle trying to get alcohol at a little gas station. Cause you know, every gas station on the face of planet earth has alcohol in it. You yeah. would think. I've never actually, and they, they didn't have it. I've never been inside like, a little gas station mart that did not sell alcohol. Not like, just no life. alcohol, like like zero alcohol. They didn't even have your little like like buzz balls or little shooters or anything. Yeah. No, I mean, they had a whole wall of cigarettes and tobacco products and all that stuff, but not a drop of alcohol. Very interesting. I, I, it's like, so like, what, no what's, what's, the, what's the point here? Like, it's, it's you're clearly not on some sort of health kick, like... No, no, not at all. It's not like a progressive thing where you're trying to burgeon. I don't know. Maybe it's just the stores. To sit. They can sell whatever they want, I guess. But like, it caught me off guard. Yeah. Um, it was also disappointing because we were running pretty late at that point and didn't really have time to stop anywhere else. Yeah. Um, I mean, not that we were running late. Like, we knew we would make kickoff. It was more like, okay, are we going to have five minutes before kickoff to get in the stadium? Or are we going right. to have like an hour where we can walk around and, you know get angry that that uh that decision was kind of like the first step in a series of um events that led to me paying 16 dollars for a beer yes that um, is which was unfortunate not just any beer it was <laughs> a good Coors old blue light. mountain it was, a, it was a Coors Light <laughs> to be fair it was 24 ounces but still 16 dollars no, for 24 ounces of Coors Light is perhaps it's it's one of, it's one of the like it's one of those purchases that honestly I think will continue to haunt me for years to come <laughs> 
<laughs> there's no there's no putting that one down. Like that is a unequivocally a bad purchase. It's it's so it's so horrendously bad that even though it's only sixteen dollars, like it, it kind of haunts me. It's like worse than a hotel mini bar. I mean, that's worse than You're a beer honestly, at Providence, and those are I know that's fifteen bucks for like a pint of beer, like. Yeah, you paid sixteen for <laughs> fucking Coors Light. Yeah, it it was it it felt bad, but you know it was worth it was honestly worth every penny in a sense. Yeah. Just that like because of the oh, the 100%. experience, the environment. I would have paid you know? sixteen hundred. Well, <laughs> well, I would have paid a lot of money to get what we got. Um, by the way, we found a parking spot, no problem, man. It was oh, just yeah. downtown Seattle. Like, oh hey, there's a spot. Boom, two dollar parking for the whole day. It was amazing. Yeah, no, I, I just people must have just really not wanted to parallel park because this spot was like <laughs> right next to the stadium, yeah. and like it was just like line, massive lines everywhere we could see for um people trying to find parking, and then we just found like a spot on the street right next to it yeah. with like thirty minutes to kick off. It was poetic, really. Yeah, and it should have been an omen to us about how the game would go, <laughs> um, even though the match didn't necessarily start that way. All right, we always forget to do lineups. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's start like, off with talking about. Let's, let's talk about the game first, just from like a okay, generic okay. RB sense, and then we'll go into like okay, okay. the more uh, the our experience. Um, yes. Yeah, starting off with a pretty pretty <laughs> solid lineup. Yeah, it was pretty solid lineup, but I think so. Here's the thing. I mean, before the game, all all the lineup related talk had been about. Eric Williamson, who was much. listed as questionable. Yeah, understandably. I mean, not understandably, he's questionable. Understandably, why the why the discussion is because uh, he's been fucking balling for Eric us gone. in the two games that we forgot to record after, or we weren't able to. We were in different places. There's a whole thing. We don't care. Um, Eric balled out in this game. He played surprise, 63 surprise. minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he started. He played. On the other side for the Sounders, uh, the big one was Rui Diaz was coming back from like a month off or something uh-huh. like that, um, being injured. And then the one that flew completely under the radar that ended up making the biggest difference in the game, I would say, is uh, Xavier Ariaga, Because he, Seattle's, you know, their back line of Nuhu, um, Ariaga, Yaimar, and Alex Roldan is... Surprise, surprise, one of the best in the league when all four of them are healthy. Yeah. Uh, Schmetzer had been saying all week, like, he had done different radio spots and stuff like this, saying that both Rui Diaz and, and, Ye- and sorry, not Yamar, um, and Ariaga were healthy. Ariaga was not healthy. Guess who played instead? Who played instead? Jackson Reagan. Jackson Reagan. <laughs> now, if you don't know that name, well, actually, you do know that name now. Uh, anyways, this is a 23-year-old, so he's relatively inexperienced. Compared to somebody like Ariaga, who's like borderline, you know, fucking best 11, as every goddamn player on this fucking team is for Seattle. <laughs> Anyways, um, so Reagan starts instead alongside Yamar. Uh, there's no other real notable things in lineups, uh, except that we started an interesting center back pairing. This was kind of the one question everyone had. Maviola and Zuperich, a pairing we have not seen in quite some time. Yeah. At least not, not, uh, intentionally yeah like <laughs> yeah usually big big bill our, our our close to leading goal scorer um starts off on the bench today yeah and I um don't really know why yeah i think that honestly all in all they did pretty well I they did do pretty a, well i think it was a good showing um, yeah they did a couple they made... of questionable <laughs> moments but i think overall it was they did pretty well i kept waiting for that moment like at the end of the galaxy game 
a while back where you're just waiting for one moment where one of them switches off and all of a sudden, like, yeah, we're fucked. Exactly. Um, and it never happened in this game. No, no. Surprisingly. I mean, we, we had some nervy moments for sure. We'll get into the timeline in a little bit. But um, it was solid. For real, from yeah. those and two. then the the rest of our starting lineup is exactly what we're used to or have gotten used to over recent weeks. Um, yeah, Santi, Jimmy, um, Blanco, Nishgoda up top, um, and then Char and Williamson in the middle. Obviously, Van Rankin on the right and Bravo on the left. Yep, Eva Chichin goal. Who big redemption game? Huge. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, much as big as the redemption game gets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I. W- We'll, we'll 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 get back. We'll get back okay, to that. We'll okay, get back. Let's okay. just, let's get into the game. Okay, I know you're um, in the timelines. So the game starts first ten minutes. Honestly, like I thought the Timbers played pretty well in the first ten. Minutes, yeah, we 10. had uh, we had that chance. Blanco had a chance pretty early on. Well, Nine honestly, minutes. I remember they like they almost they were like going route one and Jordan Morris like miscontrolled a pass that would have like put it oh, in yeah. a goal in like <laughs> the first seven seconds. Yeah, which was a. Nice not, it's not, it's not what you it's not what you want to see when you go to when you go up to Seattle you know big game and then like immediately like the game starts like five seconds in and they're already attacking our box it's like uh-oh. yeah this might be we might be in for a tough game here yeah um, but we won the we ended up winning the ball back um and yeah I think Bravo I think we played well nice to start dribbling out of it uh-huh yeah we saw that a lot actually from from bravo um dribbling out of pressure yeah but even from, even from a lot of our even a lot of our uh defenders and midfielders did a good job of dribbling out of pressure um in this game like yeah. we had a number of moments where we won the ball back deep 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 like in our own box and we we're able to like calmly move the ball out find feet and keep possession yeah um, which true. is something that we have struggled with in the past uh eric got a yellow in the sixth minute breaking up a counter <sighs> that's one you take every time. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I don't know. I, I think it was a little bit soft, but I think like based on like the referee, like what the referee like saw that it was clearly like a tactical foul. Like I didn't really think of it as like such a tactical foul because I thought he was far enough recovered to the point where like it wasn't like he was making the tackle from behind. Um, but I suppose if you look at it as like it's a fast break, he fouls him. Like I don't yeah. know. I. I, I can see it. I can see it. Like you can't have too many complaints. Like it was I mean, disappointing, but like I don't know. This wasn't exactly a game where uh, the referee manual was on. Yeah, <laughs> it was held tightly by Chris Penzo, but uh, <laughs> we we will get to those moments later on as well. Yeah, um, um, but very much not a good, especially like uh, you just don't normally see yellow cards given for stuff like that so early in the game. Mm-hmm. Like normally the referees usually let stuff slide early on. You know, let people find the game and we've talked i've talked about this as a rant about this you know every couple weeks but like um but yeah so anyway you know whatever eric gets a yellow card um cool cool but he's smart enough to not let it uh to not not get a second one um all right ninth minute you mentioned it blanco gets the first shot of the game it's a pretty weak one uh although this isn't this is an interesting chance because um not really because of anything tactically that happened I just think because Seattle like really fucks this up and that's just not something you're used to seeing them do at home in a game like this. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're supposed to be the big dogs. They're supposed to like be the, uh, I was reading Jeff bull, the ever awesome Jeff bull, uh, in this preview, like in Seattle to just like a rich spoiled kid in the chads. <laughs> and I think that's a pretty great analogy for how I feel about this fan base and that city in general. Um, but anyways, you don't expect a well-buttoned-up Brian Schmetzer team to make a mistake like that. Uh, 
unfortunately, Blanco shots deflected. It's an easy save, but um, I don't know. A little, little chink in the armor there. Yeah, no, it was a great, it was a good, nice little piece of combination play. Again, something that we've been seeing a lot more of um, since we've had like Blanco back um, with Jimmy, with Santi. That that kind of like that that link up play, but like going through the midfield and the our attacking third players. Like this is really like it's very much a personnel thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, you know, Blanco always loves to do this link up play. Jimmy's really good at it. Um, Moreno has been huge since he's been in the starting lineup. He's been really big on like one two combination plays. Um, Eric is really good at that. I have so, a like, question on that. We really have a lot of personnel who like like to do who like to make these kind of like quick one two passes. It's like a personnel thing as opposed to what? like what? As opposed to like, um, I, I don't think that it was like, basically like, I don't think it was a tactical change by okay. Gio okay. to say that like, hey, you know, we need to, yeah. yeah, we want, we want in our, we want to start like combining more, doing more intricate combination plays in the attacking third. I think yeah, just no like, shit. we have a lot do. of, yeah, yeah like we, I think we just have a lot of players and like historically, like a lot of our attacking players, although they've been good, they've not necessarily been like. Like even Diego Valeri, like that wasn't Diego Valeri's game, really. No, you know he was a great passer. Valeri was like, "Hey, I'm gonna stand back and like hit this 40 yard pass." Yeah, exactly. Balls, you know, he was he's finding he's you know he's playing that curled ball into the runner going in. You know, he's splitting the defense with incisive passes. He's not really like Bing, 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 all of a sudden, we have all of these guys that love to play this like one-two touch soccer. Who are all quick, love to touch and go, touch and move. And obviously, Nish Goat is not really as much a part of that, which is why in a lot of these games, you see him not really get a lot of touches in. Yeah, but he it works well for him because he knows where to be. He knows how to play off of that, um, kind of get out of the way, and then put himself in good spots for the final for the yeah. final shot. And that's that is a beautiful transition, but we're gonna have to wait on it because there there were a couple things before that. Um, mostly scary things, mostly bad things. <laughs> yes. Uh, ironically, even though we got the first like decent chance of the game, yeah, like you said, the, the first, first goal of the game, the time in between those two things was a terrible 15 minutes to be alive. Yeah. Uh, for Timbers fans. It was after like a, like, like you said, a strong opening 10 minutes for the Timbers. I thought looked pretty good. Really seemed pretty calm. Um, Seattle kind of started to take over the game a bit. Yeah, and in the 15th, 16th minute, uh, they turned us into Swiss cheese, like, way too easily. Um, just a whole lot of nothing happening, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, boom, 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 three passes, and it's like a 2v2 running yeah, on goal. It's, I mean, it stop me if you've heard this before, Mabiala <laughs> steps really high yes. to basically cover their nine. Um, it ends up, he ends up pinging it right off. Uh, there's no one in that gap that, like, usually we kind of, count on Char to bail us out. Yeah. Um, and then they switched the ball to their side. All of a sudden, they got runners. They're in the box. Um, a bulleted cross on the ground. Um, who takes More the it's shot? Ladero. It's Ladero. It's Ladero. Yeah, into Ladero. He hits it right at Ivicic. Blasts it a, a million miles an hour right at Ivicic, who just, like, instinctively, like, Palms it over the goal. I think it hits his shoulder. Does it hit his shoulder? I, well, he doesn't. I remember know the commentator it. said it hit his shoulder. I didn't, I was not thinking oh, like maybe. he blocked it, but I mean, either way, like in person. Oops. By the way, we couldn't see. Oh, it does hit his shoulder. It right. was really like the angles were nice up there, like from the upper deck up there. Yeah, but it was still pretty hard to see like numbers or anything. Yeah, I remember like in the pregame, like I was really. It, oh yeah, it was yeah. really hard for me to tell who was who because yeah, like we were watching warmups. We were yeah, like, I mean, Santi. Yeah, if you don't if you don't know the the where the away fan section is, um, 
surprise, surprise, it's way up in the rafters, um, back corner of the stadium, um, which is kind of cool. You get like a, I've never, it's I've a never, really cool view from I've there. never seen a soccer game with a view like that before. Uh, yeah. Where you're like really when you're out like that high up and like can look down over the pitch, it's kind of cool because I've only ever seen games at Providence. Um, where obviously you're Providence, never... the view is nicer like from the outside looking into the stadium. Like yeah. it's one of those where you see like the overhead pictures of the cityscape, and it's like, oh, that's a really sick stadium, like crushed into the middle of it. Whereas this one, it's like it's kind of like this whole area around the stadium is built or built around like it's built for this stadium oh, yeah. to be like the center of attention, not like exactly. Providence Park, which is there. Yeah, Providence Park um, just crammed in. They couldn't even get rid of. They couldn't even get rid of the Mac Club. So they've just got. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like they're like, eh, whatever. Just the city a, is literally in the stadium. Yeah. In Providence Park. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyways. Um, uh, okay. So off of that corner kick from the scary, scary, scary Ladero shot, um, Seattle get another chance that is equally as scary, maybe more scary. I don't know where this ranks on the scary um, scale. So this was okay. <laughs> I remember uh, when when this kick is taken, like when Ladero takes this corner kick, the second I saw the flight of the ball, I went, oh shit. Yeah. Like I, I even said it out loud too. It wasn't even like, I was I like a second he took it, I was like, oh shit, this is bad. Because if you look at the way that we're matched up on this, first of all, we have no one on the near post, okay? <laughs> which we have someone on the far post, but no one on the near post. Which odd. <laughs> I... I'm okay with not having people on the posts if you need, like, if you want more bodies marking up, but, like... What's think, Jimmy doing, man? Jimmy doesn't... Jimmy yeah, could be on the I, post. I, I really think that... I really think it would have been a lot better if we'd had Jimmy, like, on the near post here. Um, the other it's thing is that the, the, the battle is between, like, Mabiala and... Who, who gets the header on Reagan. This? Reagan, Jackson yeah. Reagan. Jackson Reagan um, and Mabiala. And Mabiala is not nearly tight enough. There's a number of players around Reagan, but none of them are really touch tight. And to be fair, it's an it's a great corner kick. The yeah, ball it's in really is scary. The ball in is picture perfect. It's at the perfect spot where it's really it's damn near impossible for Ivicic to go get it. Yeah, it's too it's too close. Like Ivicic doesn't it's got too much. Ivicic can't it. get over there. It's got tons of pace. It's coming in at a great angle. Basically, a center back's dream. Like yeah, as someone who like as like when I for most center of my career played center back. Center yeah, back <laughs> yeah. So like basically like for most of the time like. This was how I'd get chances. This is how I'd get my shots. You know, I was getting up on corners. You know, when you see a ball like this coming in, you're just like licking your lips. Yeah. Um, and Reagan was, and he puts a decent header on Attacks it. it really well. Um, kind of bullies Mabiala, honestly. I mean, yeah. Uh, I thought it was interesting that commentary put it as, oh, like good on Mabiala for making a challenge and making it more difficult, which I guess you could put it that way. I guess that's better than I mean, zero better than defending. Nothing, yeah, like, but... Sure, um, but yes, he he does get bitched, and uh, it, it's Ivicic is completely beaten. Luckily, we did manage to keep someone on the far post, um, and Claudio Bravo like knees it off the he line. Literally hits it with his left knee. Yeah, it's like the scariest way to possibly clear a ball. Oh yeah, it's like one of the weirdest. Like I don't know, it just like it looks like so uncoordinated. Like round ball going towards round knee. Yeah. Hmm. What, hmm. what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> uh, thankfully, Yaimar fouls the absolute shit out of uh, somebody. I think it's Super Itch on the yeah. follow-up. And we don't have to worry about uh, a rebound. Um, um, which, by the way, I don't know if there's a stat for this, but another thing Jeff Bull mentioned and that uh, confirms the eye test, the way Seattle score most of their goals usually, I don't know about most, it's just fucking like rapid fire let's get as many shots off as we can in this little like 30 second sequence 
Uh-huh. Rebounds is what I'm basically saying. Yeah. Like, they get a shit ton of rebound goals. Um, so good on the tip. I mean, when you think about when you got when you got a guy like Jordan Morris, like pretty much the only thing he's oh, good for is rebound merchant. Pretty much the only thing he's good for is throwing that fat body around at people and hoping they screw up. Um, he, he is quite a chunky boy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, built like survive survive back to back huge scares within like the span of like thirty seconds. Yep, pretty much. Uh, even less than that. And then the game continued to be scary for uh-huh. you know five or so more minutes. And then we get the moment that we really want to talk about. Yeah, in the 25th minute. Um, beautiful piece of play. Yeah. It's it's funny because it kind of comes off of a counterattack, but it's not like a vintage Timbers-like no, counterattack. No, it's not. It's, it's, like not. Sl- it's like a slow motion counterattack where like neither team really looks like they're really pressing that hard. We're just like slowly moving the ball up, you know, pass, 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 pass. Um, and then Eric dribbles it like 30 yards uncontested. Just, just, oh, just a little bit more. Oh, just a little bit more. At the center circle, he pings it to, uh, or he bounces it off Santi, who takes one, two touches. Uh, what do you call that? Draws in the double pivot uh-huh. to, to get their attention. Back down to Eric. Okay, Jimmy's already running past it. And, oh, look, Jackson Reagan has stepped up and created a massive hole in their back line. Great, great. I'm not going to say Ariaga wouldn't do that, but it's, it's a little bit of a rookie move, I think. Yeah. I think the You're thing the that... Back, you tell me. Um... If you look at like this the spot where they're in, um, he really doesn't like the the reason that he needs to step there, and I, I actually do kind of think that he needs to step, um, is it's really not a very threatening position if he steps for the most part because Jimmy is double teamed. There's guys all around Santi, he can't really turn. His only real place to play is straight back to Williamson, at which point you'd think he can recover because there really isn't anyone making a dangerous run. However, Williamson just plays like an unbelievably perfect deft little chip, like right in the middle of the gap as Jimmy's running into it. Like this pass is so difficult. First time, right? Yeah. Because he has to hit it so perfectly because there's just so little space yeah. to like any side. Um, yeah. Jimmy brings it down beautifully. Amazing touches, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> straight out to Blanco. Um, and at this point, it's kind of opened up. Seattle is kind of realizing like, oh shit, like we're in trouble now. Um, and- but it's too late because Niyashgoda has basically been camping on the back post this entire time waiting for his chance to get involved. Um, and Blanco takes one touch, picks him out perfectly on the far post. Nothing Seattle can do at this point. So I want to pause my I want to pause everyone's mind when Blanco receives the ball because this is the moment where the Timbers have had this position, like the attacking position, multiple times in this game already. The difference being Seattle usually had more people back defending already yeah. and they would minimize it, eat it up, and we would just have to recycle possession or do something stupid and lose the ball. Because Eric pulled so many people out of position with his amazing, like, this is what pulling the strings look like. Like, you hear that metaphor a lot in soccer and it's like, oh, that means he's just really good at passing. Like, this is exactly what it means, yeah. this clip from Eric Williamson. If you want a longer clip of it, uh, go to the armchair analyst column from this week on MLS. Yeah, it's website. definitely worth looking at the entire goal. Um, and I think, to be honest, it, it, I think Seattle's just caught off guard. Like they're just surprised because yeah. it looks like a position where, like, the entire the entire drop back for, from Seattle's midfield and D, especially their midfield, was incredibly lackadaisical. Yeah, and yeah. they just they didn't really look like they thought there was any threat. And then when that ball comes into Santi, you know, they're collapsing. Um, but they don't really see the fact that, like, if he drops it back and Williamson chips the ball through, then Jimmy has the space to run yeah. into. And, like, they're just not 
They're not really prepared for that. So when the ball comes over the top, you see them like they go from jogging to like sprinting, like oh shit. But at that point, it's too late because the space is already opened up, and we have four Timbers attacking their box. And I mean, let's think about this more. Let's apply the roster building to this goal right here, right? Uh-huh. This is what happens when you have three guys on the field who could play number ten if they really needed to. Yeah. And then one in Blanco, obviously, Jimmy Chara, I mean, Eric Williamson, I don't know how you can say he is. I mean, maybe you call that an eight at this point. Yeah. You want to get technical. But either way, he's making passes that not a lot of people are doing. Santi as well with the deft little two touches and having awareness. Everybody is on the same page at all times during this move. And I love it. Um, Blanco, honestly, didn't have a great game. Blanco um, really had a shitter. Or maybe not a shitter. I wouldn't say a shitter. It wasn't his best performance. Uh, he really squandered a lot of chances, I felt like. Maybe that's just misremembering. But. I, I think Blanco I think Blanco had some nice moments. Oh, he he had a couple of opportunities where he got in the box and basically like tried to find a made a make a cutback, I think two, maybe three times, and it got red and cut out by Seattle. Um so but, maybe a little wasteful in some points, but he also had a couple I mean the he also had a, created some good chances. I, I, I think I think calling it a I think it's a little harsh to say he had a bad game, um, but definitely not his best. Um, Anyways, I mean, so the the next thing I want to talk about with this goal is, like, if you have a bad game, or if you are invisible for a game, or many games at a time, um, and you still score, is that worth it? Is that worth the trade-off? Ryan Clark and Chris Reifer were asking this question on Soccer Made in Portland last week before this game. Like... <laughs> it's really, I mean, I feel like in soccer it kind of is because goals matter just that much. Obviously, you would love to have someone more involved all the time and you would love to have Brian Fernandez. But if Nizcota scores when he needs to and he's still working with like one of the, he has 22 shots and seven goals this season, man. Yeah. I, I don't really care if he goes invisible. <laughs> I, really I, I, I think that honestly like this kind of goes back to the thing we were talking about earlier with like the roster construction and like what we're asking our players to do yeah because we have so many guys that really work so well with the ball at their feet and like that like i really don't think normally i've always been the kind of guy that like i i want my strikers to get more involved um i want like a, someone who doesn't just score goals but mm-hmm. to be honest i think Niz Goda works perfectly with the team and the offense that we have going right now because we don't really need him involved in the build-up play. Because we don't even really want him involved in the build-up play. You know, because we no offense to Nish Goda, but like... Do that whole, whole yeah, like all the guys we were talking about earlier, like they're all just a lot quicker and faster than Nish Goda and like more consistent passers. So like we don't really want him being involved in link-up play. We want him to be able to find the pockets of space uh, and what other people will create for him to finish his chances, which is what he's doing. So I honestly think this is... I think that what we're seeing right now from the Timbers offensively in the last... You know, since the break, um, with a full healthy squad, is like perfect. Yeah. Um, Ten goals in our last four games. Yeah. That's not a bad start. It's not two bad of those at all. being on the road and tough places to play. Um, and I mean, Colorado and Houston aren't aren't dog water. Like they're still somewhat decent teams. Uh huh. Okay. Anyways, um, we're getting so distracted from this timeline. But yeah, that's no, a good <laughs> thing. That's what we do. Um, anyway, okay. Did oh, real quick before we go away from this goal completely, uh, did you find it weird that there weren't a lot of like crazy celebrations in this game? I mean, maybe there's a talking point in there somewhere with like Geo's mentality as a coach and like how this team prepares for these sort of games. But like, I mean, Nishkoda doesn't really celebrate Nishkoda that much. Nishkoda's not, not really a huge crazy celebration guy. But like, 
I mean, Santi, I would expect to celebrate a little bit more. I don't know. The rest of the team, like, Blanco gets the assist and literally just turns around and, like, goes like this. And he's the one who's usually, like, getting the entire stadium mad at him. Yeah. I, I see what you mean, actually, but I, I don't know. I, I just haven't really thought about it that much. Not that it matters. I, I just thought it was noteworthy. Yeah, maybe maybe that's a on-the-road versus an at-home thing, you know, where, like, you see more crazy celebrations when you're at home and the crowd is hyping yeah. you up. Um, um I, I think of I think of Seba like running to the corner in Seattle and like you know yeah yelling at I don't know or like telling them to kiss his ass when he's on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, it's one of those things where like journalists love to use something like that as a um as like a narrative device yeah. when in reality you can twist it to be whatever the fuck you want it to mean. Yeah. Um, all right, anyway, all right. Let's keep going. After we this, um, we did go. We got the first goal, but the rest of the half was not great. No, it was <laughs> not. In fact, uh, we almost give up a goal before halftime. Actually, there was there's another uh, there's another big moment that's not actually oh, in the highlight fuck. package. Yeah, you're right. Oh um, my god. Van, okay, <laughs> I, minute. Van Rankin concedes a penalty here. Let's <laughs> let's just be honest. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. We. We yeah. <laughs> Seattle should have had a penalty in the first half. They that's just it's like a fact. A fact. It's a fact. It yeah. is a fact. Uh, we we were watching the game live. Um, we had a t- we were super high up. It looked completely like a foul. No ball. Basically sliding up to the left. Um, Van Rankin goes down. Goes to ground. Gets contact. Gets none of the ball with Ladero. With Ladero, yeah. and they don't call it. Like it's, it's and we were thinking they don't. They don't. They're not. He's not going over the monitor. He's saying play on. You know, Chris Penso. And so we're like, okay, you know what? Maybe it looked better on TV. You know, maybe we just had a bad angle. We're pretty far away. Um, maybe it actually, there really wasn't a lot of contact. Having seen the TV angle, <laughs> oh, I really have no clue how this is not a penalty. I was wait. I was fully prepared to experience the butt end of VAR. I know. Especially when they had the free kick two well, minutes yeah, later. Yeah, well, because Jake started celebrating. I'm like, Jake, shut up. This is coming back. Like, I'm like, <laughs> Jake, who doesn't listen to the pod. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, so we dodged a bullet there, but uh, you know what, Seattle? Sometimes shit happens. Exactly. Yeah, um, and I saw, and, and you, you see, you see, it, you see in all the comments, like I saw so many comments, they'll be like, we got robbed. Like, you lost 3 0. Yeah. Like, let's get a grip here. <laughs> you lost 3 to 0. Okay? If anyone's robbing you, one, it's Jackson Reagan. Yeah. Which we'll get to. Um, um, before that, though, actually, so before Reagan gets his first yellow at the end of the first half, uh, the Sounders have arguably the best chance of the entire game. Um, uh, the Dyron chance excluded. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, that's fair, actually. I don't know, man. This is pretty, this like, is pretty easy. All you got to do is slot it right there, yeah, Rudy. Another, another, another corner kick. Um, um, and, yeah, you can describe this one while I find some stats to read off. Uh, yeah, so basically the ball is whipped in, and again, whipped in quickly into a good area. Um kind of a recurring theme um, from Seattle's corner kicks. But it just kind of, it becomes one of like, kind of like a scramble play um, where the ball is headed into the middle. Uh, I think Mabiala doesn't really clear it. It bounces right off Van Rankin, like hits him in the face or something. Mm. Or like in the chest, it just like bounces right off of him. Um, and it falls right to a Seattle player. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, the ball is like, like time is like frozen for a second. And like the everyone's just kind of sitting there, like is that the ball really just like sitting on the six yard box? Like, yeah. shit. Like, um, falls to Jordan Morris, I think. 
plays it backwards. Plays yeah, plays it backwards to Rui Diaz, who is like just inside of the penalty spot with no one marking him, like free shot and like the whole goal to aim at. Yeah, like like you you simply could not ask for a better chance ever. Like it's just <laughs> literally all you have to do as a professional soccer player is put that into the corner and it's a goal every single time. Here's and what does he do? Tries to pick out that very, very top corner, and it's off the outside of the post. <laughs> Here's the thing about Rui Diaz, man. And Seattle fans, like, of course, they, they drool over Rui Diaz. Like, he's exactly who they want in a player. But I find it really interesting, and this actually didn't confirm my bias, but I'll still read the stat. I thought he was underperforming his XG this season. Um, surprisingly, he isn't. Actually, he's overperforming by one goal. He's got five goals in 7.290s. Um, earlier in the season, he was underperforming it. This man misses sitters. Rui Diaz misses sitters. Yeah. It is a characteristic of his game. He makes up for it by being a fucking assassin, like, most of the time. But the man misses sitters. And again, like, the XG numbers, you know, they can be made up for with better goals at other times. But, yeah. Man, oh man, that was a bad miss to, to concede for a Yeah, a, a kind of like, I mean, we're coming, basically, that's like right at the end of the half. Um, we're just at this point, we're just like, blow the whistle, we need to get in the halftime. Like, yeah, that it's a kind of a miracle we did not get scored on in that first half. It is, and again, I, I find it so odd that Jackson, I don't remember the Jackson Reagan foul at the end of the first half. Me neither. Whatsoever. It was in the 47th minute, so the second minute of added time, even uh-huh. though there was one minute of added time. I don't even know how it's possible, you know. I, uh, I, I there seriously was, don't what remember happened? There was, was an injury, right? Or someone went down? What happened? I I don't know. Oh, no, there was there was like a, there was like a huge stoppage of play and ended up going to like the 48th minute, even though there was only one. Um, but well, I don't remember what happened. Either way, Reagan somehow picked up a yellow for a foul in the forty in the second minute of first half stoppage time, um, and the Timbers hang on at halftime one nil. Now I don't. I mean, we didn't really talk about this at halftime in the stadium, but I think it was kind of implied that like, all right, we walk out of here with a point, job done. Yes, yes. <laughs> Based on how the game had gone up to that point, yep. we're conceding chances left and right, like. Rui Diaz is missing wide open nets. Like, let's let's just get into halftime and see. Or yeah, and, I, and see I, what we if can do at halftime you'd offered me a point, I'd have been like, okay, yeah, you know, even though we were up one zero, like, I, it's not that I felt like we were gonna collapse, but like I was like realistically, like with how Seattle been playing, with the chances they've missed, with the calls they haven't gotten, like we really deserve to be tied at least, or if not down. So like, you know what? If we end up tying this game, like I can't even be mad at it. Um, yep. Yep, it However, would still spoil their day. The second yeah. half started off really well. Pretty much as well as it could have possibly started like it, off. I, I, would say. I <laughs> was like, yeah, I was. Um, we were all paying attention. Uh, at least I. Yeah, I, so yeah, yeah, basically it starts off in the corner. Claudio Bravo like works his like basically draws defenders on his back, kind of fakes outside, gets to the byline, nutmegs his defender on a brilliant little pass through to Williamson, who beats his defender. Takes the ball in space. See, like basically, the, the there's a huge tackle coming in. Just like chips it up. Over chips him. it up over him. Gets cleaned out. Um, for I think I think Williamson actually nutmegs. Uh, Does who he is nutmeg it? Reagan? I, I think thought he, he brought it up. No, over no, no. The top. He he he, brings, he goes it over the top on Reagan, but I think he nutmegs. Um, I think he nutmegs. No, you already said it. Bravo did. Are no, you that's sure? Yamar. Oh, it was Yamar. 
I thought Bravo did that. Okay, point well, being, God, I hate the YouTube scroll feature on a Roku. <laughs> somebody, somebody, get this right. Um, anyways, point being, uh, he chips it over Reagan, and uh, Reagan has a rookie moment. I don't think he's a rookie. He's twenty three. Uh, it's a really fucking stupid moment, though. Yeah, um, I I honestly didn't realize he even got the yellow card. I thought it was a straight red for like denial of because they because they. Honestly, like it ends up dropping to um, it ends up dropping to Nishgoda. Right, it is Williamson and Meg's yeah, yeah. And um, and it was right after the Bravo Meg too. So it goes Bravo yeah. Meg, Williamson Meg, Williamson chip, and then the foul. Just an absolutely ridiculous play. Um, uh, it actually goes through Nishgoda, and the referee calls it back. And like I remember yelling at him for not playing advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he gives out the red card, and he's like, oh, he must have thought it was an out of an obvious goal scoring opportunity. And I was like, wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but I, I just forgotten that he was already on a yellow, obvious second yellow. And then with yeah, there's re- no arguing when it that. comes to the red cards, the referees, they don't, they don't, like, you know, there's no advantage on the red yeah. cards. Yeah. If you've ever, if you've ever played, uh, if you've ever played FIFA, you know that, uh, if, <laughs> if you get red, oh, it's an immediate, no advantage. You're off the pitch. Dude, we should play some World Cup after this. I'm down. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, like. This is this is the type of thing where you can clap back to a Seattle fan who says they got robbed by the referees. Buddy, what do you want him to do there? Because you got outclassed on that play and your young center back made a really stupid mistake. Um, and now you're with 10 men for the rest of the game. Also, oh. I love... It is 30 seconds into the second oh, half. Oh, yeah. The, like, the, not even. Yeah, the foul... Your entire of, game plan that Schmetzer has just worked on is completely demolished. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that uh, a minute into the second half, I was no longer happy with the point. No. Yeah. It went um, from being like, all right, you know what? If we go out of here with a point, that's fine to like, <laughs> let's let's fuck him up. Yeah, let, let's <laughs> fucking win. Um, unfortunately, I mean, the game didn't get really... And it really didn't. I mean, like, I think I think immediately like ten the, minutes yeah. after we, we were fine. Seattle seemed rattled, um, but it wasn't we, like we were taking it to them. Like we didn't really have any sort of killer instinct. Uh, we almost had a chance through Blanco. Blanco almost scored right after. This is what made me think uh, Blanco had a bad game. Was this miss right here? Yeah. So basically, Blanco a couple minutes after the foul. Um, again, like we were very clearly started off really hot before kind of falling into a more. Um, passive state but like Blanco plays a beautiful little one two with uh Nijgoda basically like just dribbles into the entire team the Blanco dribbles into the yeah. entire team somehow ends up with it finds himself wide open miles of space like a few like probably like seven eight yards out of goal admittedly a tight angle yeah um rips it with his left and it bounces off Fry's face off his hands yes um and gets saved so in my mind, I, I liken this pretty much exactly to the Ladero versus Ivicic chance earlier, where it goes off Ivicic's shoulder and he doesn't really know much about it. Fry is just being there. It goes off his face. Nobody yeah. tries to save the ball with their face intentionally. Like, it, it's pretty much the same thing. Ladero and Blanco could have both done better in both those moments. It's a wash for me. It's kind of, two. I think it's Blanco's shot. Like, it's very clear that, like, Blanco has a strong left foot for sure. But I think that shot is very clear that like it's not off his dominant foot. Because as someone who is like, who's someone who has not have the strongest shot with their with their non dominant foot, um, and has been like I've been like trying to work on it. Like you, I a lot of times find myself hitting the ball like that, where like I kind of am like it's a mix between using the inside of my foot and my laces. Yeah. 
And I think it comes down to like when you hit the ball like that, usually um, it's because you're not like super confident. You're just trying anything you can to get the power behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to like when I'm on my right foot, like I'm usually much more like intentional about where I'm putting the ball, how I'm hitting the ball, whether I'm using my laces, whether I'm using the inside of the foot, where I'm trying to place it. It looks like Blanco is just like, I'm going to try to hit it to that direction with power. Um, but when you hit the ball like that, you kind of sacrifice some of the accuracy. You know, and, and ultimately, he really kind of hits it too close to Fry. He gets some hype, but not enough hype. He gets some distance wide, but not enough. Like, I think he just needs to, like, take a breath, put his laces, and try to pick out the far corner on the ground. Because um, then it'd be unsavable. Um, he almost has time. Uh, maybe he doesn't it, have time to it, take The ball touch. is rolling mm-hmm. away from him, to be fair. Like, it's not, like, it's not, like, a super easy chance. It's deceptively difficult on his off foot. Um, but, yeah, you it's one you'd hope he'd be scoring. Um, before we get to the next chance we're going to talk about, uh, that was in the 49th minute, that Blanco thing. So pretty much right after the red, um, Jimmy gets a yellow in the 57th minute and then the Timbers, which by the way, the Jimmy getting the second yellow was the loudest I heard the stadium. Yes. Yes. That's a great point. Um, so side note, there was, <laughs> there was only two moments in the entire game that I remember actually hearing the Sounders fans. Once was before kickoff when they did their stupid ass Seattle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seattle <laughs> chant. And the other one was during the Jimmy Yellow. I don't even remember hearing them at any other point during the game. Yep. Yeah, honestly. Um, okay, 63rd minute, Paredes comes in for Williamson. Yeah. Obviously, it's not something you want to see because Williamson's a baller. But Williamson's on a yellow. Makes, he it was makes listed sense for questionable. Yeah, to, like yeah, we're, we're, just trying to, we're just trying to like hold on to the game. We have a lead. Um, we're up a man. And Low it's not risk. like it's not like Paredes is bad. I'm no. still pro Paredes. By yeah, the way, it's, I, that's it's a very smart tactical sub. But you know, you hate to see Williamson come off the pitch. Of course, cause... yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so <laughs> um, we also see. this is the other thing that's not in the highlight package was this, the Ivicic save. Yeah, I was gonna, that's say, gonna say. Okay, yeah. I don't remember one. when that was. It's uh, it's right before this next highlight. Okay, um, it's in the 68th minute. So Ruri Diaz like uh, he makes a run in behind. The entire back line is like literally walking, not jogging, walking. Um, and before the flag goes up, eventually the flag goes up and he's offside by like a foot. Yeah, but, it's one of those ones um, where you're like, haha, we knew you were offside the whole time. We had totally. that perfectly covered. But again, he misses a golden opportunity. Ivicic stuffs his <laughs> shit one on one, wide open, one on one. Rui Diaz has all the time in the world, all the space in the world. Like, you could literally, it's like, it was like one of those. Remember, do you guys, have, I don't know if you ever know, uh, before the MLS switched to penalty shootouts. That you yeah, have to decide yeah, games yeah. where like you'd give the striker the ball and they'd have like a certain number of touches or a time limit to like dribble at the goalie and try to score. It was like one of those. He had so much time and space, like wide open, wide open, wide and Ivicic stuffs him. Yeah, just like wait, wait, holds his ground and then makes the perfect dive, pushes it wide. Like, I mean, revenge game. Yeah, just <laughs> like and obviously ends up being offside. Ends up not mattering, but like. That's that another, was that was an awesome moment. That's a confidence stabber right there. Oh yeah, yeah. Like even in the offsides chance, even in the one on one, your best player, you still can't score. That's one that doesn't make a difference when you're playing that. FIFA, that but in felt real life, so that's good. gonna make a mental difference. Watching in the rest that of the game felt that sure. was like one of the that was like one of the my my favorite moments of the entire match. Yep. And then on the other end, like right afterwards, uh, we have another like really 
eh, maybe not really good, but decent chance at the very least. Um, where the ball goes out wide to Jimmy on the right. He's got acres of space. Puts a ball into Nizkoda in the middle. And, like, this is this is the Nizkoda, like, chance. Like, this is exactly what you want. The problem with this, and I, I honestly, like, this is one of those things where, like, when you when I saw the ball and the and the run Nizkoda was making, I, like, can honestly tell he wasn't going to score right off the bat. And the way I could tell he wasn't going to score is because Jimmy, when Jimmy picks up the ball, he picks it up wide. He delivers a great ball in, but if you look at the angle that Nijgoda is making his run, he's making his run from, like, he basically kind of drives in on the near side and then fades away, and the ball is over him around the six-yard box. So, yeah, he clears up space, but he's fading from goal. Mm. He's fading away from the ball, and he doesn't wrap wrap his run enough because the ball is so high, he can't wrap it around to try to get his power going forward. So, like, as soon as the ball got sent in and I saw he was running, I was like, there's no chance he scores this because his momentum is carrying himself away from goal and he's got enough separation between him and Fry that, like, he'll just, he's not going to be able to generate the power. So, I mean, maybe if you have Cristiano on the end of it, then it's a dangerous chance. Maybe, but, but like, he he pretty much, because of the way he attacks it, he needs to either, like, the only way I can see him actually scoring this realistically against a good goalkeeper like Fry is if he, like, uses like the side of his head and tries to go near post. He could definitely get some power there if he goes into the ground. Uh, or he'd have to like somehow like loop it far post because he just like doesn't really give himself enough of momentum to really be able to like bullet it past Fry. Yep. Um, so it, like it looks like a really good chance, but honestly like based on the way that he approached it, he makes it really difficult on himself. I'm not sure that's just on him. I think it's, you know, it's a mixture of like where the space is, what the ball is, you know, you take what you're given. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's one of those chances that was actually a lot harder than it looked. Yep. Um, based on just like, based on just like the physics of it. Um, so after this chance, we have a period of 15 minutes where Seattle, you know, they're attacking pretty well for yeah. 10 men attacking. Yeah. 11. They had a number of, um, uh, they had a number of shots that kind of went right at Ivacic. Um, another of nervy moments in the box. Yeah, so you know what this actually reminded me of? This part of this game for the Sounders. It reminded me of watching like the 2019 Timbers where it was just cross, 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 yeah. cross, cross. And it was just, oh, another header clearance. Oh, another header clearance from the center backs. Like this is where Zuperich and Mabiala were putting in work. was uh-huh. like just header after header getting cleared. Um, yeah, they were doing a great job of that. Yeah, they were. So um, credit to them. <laughs> anyway, the next, the big moment, next big moment comes, uh, 79th minute. Um, the funny thing about this is actually when we brought on Dyron, um, who did we take off? Uh, it was Blanco, we, was it not? N- yeah, we took off Blanco. We brought on Dyron for Blanco or... Yeah, yeah. Dyron for um, Blanco. And I remember well, we saying like... Dyron and Marvin for Blanco and Jimmy. Yeah, and I remember saying like, oh, I'm going to bring on Dyron, take it off Blanco. Like, I want, and, you're, and you were like, well, it's a defensive substitution. I was like, eh, is Dyron really that much better a defender? And you were like, he's better than Blanco. And I was like, eh, I guess. Like, fine. <laughs> and then, guess what chance gets started immediately after that off of a Dyron, Dyron uh, tackle. tackle. Yeah. yeah. So um. I like, really ate my words on that one. Anyway, Dyron tackles the ball basically in tons of space. We bring it forward. Um, it's one of those ones where, like, it's weird. On this counterattack, it's honestly really not that well worked. Because it's a five on four with tons of space. Five on three. Time. They have three. <laughs> yeah. And, um, the shot we end up getting is like a curled effort from like 22 yards out by Santi. 
when like not we have just want. runners going every which way. <laughs> There's two guys on the back post who are wide open. Um, Plus, doesn't he's going to go into the middle? Basically, shot is deflected. You know, oh well, plays well, on. Well, it was funny because at, when it was <laughs> deflected out for a throw in. I was like, I literally, I probably said this out loud. I was like, God damn it. Like, are you fucking kidding me? We keep wasting all these chances. Like, yeah. I just know we're going to concede and like, you know, have a point instead of three. Like, I can't believe this. Um, like nobody reacted because nobody could really see the handball yeah. from where we were. And then were. all of a sudden there's like a VAR check going on and all none of, of us knew what was happening. No, what did it for me? Yeah. All I didn't even could... know if it was for the us or against us. I like, I thought it might've been like a penalty, like back <laughs> before like the play happens. We turned into body language specialists as yeah. soon as VAR happened, because if it's Seattle players running over to Chris Penso, yeah. you know something. I, all, all I, the, well, the final confirmation for me was like, all of a sudden, like I saw Santi walk over and pick up the ball. I was like, Oh, let's go. <laughs> Um, Dude, okay, and by the way, so before we get to this actual penalty, Santi goes and picks up the ball like as soon as he as soon as Penso goes to VAR and holds on to it the entire time. Yeah. Like he was clutching it the entire time. Santi wanted this one. Yeah, and fucking good on him, baby. Yeah. Anyway, damn. ball clearly goes off Nuhu's arm. Um, yeah, you and, can't yes. Yeah, so and watch looking back one. and rewatching the uh rewatching the Play. Honestly, I'm not sure that Santi's shot isn't going in the top corner. Like, I mean, it's way too early to tell, and Fry might have yeah. covered, but I don't know. It I would like pretty, to think. I would like to like think it. it was going in. The anyway, top. we'll take the penalty. Um, Santi steps up. All right, give, give me your forensic penalty analysis on this. I don't even have a forensic penalty. This, this is like, <laughs> it went in. If you're taking your, if you're taking a penalty with your normally like. I don't know. Like, if you're going to hit it with your laces, you're going near post. If you're hitting it with the inside of your foot, you're going far post. Um, yeah, power And obviously, post. like, there isn't really a near and far post between the middle, but I usually think of it like if you're curling it um, out to in, that's far post. And if you're curling it into out, that's near post. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously, like, they're equal distant. They're equidistant. But, like, anyway, um, pretty much a perfect penalty if you're going to be using your laces going to the near post. Uh, takes yeah. his time, steps up smashes it fry kind of waits for him almost like he like thinks he's gonna try to like hold up the penalty or maybe go down the middle um and santi's power is just way too much even though he guesses the right way and this is another important moment though obviously because like not just because you can take a two nil lead and basically win the game with this penalty but i mean if you miss this all the momentum in the world is on seattle's side right and they had been pressing us quite a bit with the ball for the past this what? was this was an amazing moment. Because like you were saying, yeah, like if if he if he makes it, or if, then like the game is basically done and dusted. We're up a man. We're up two zero. If he misses it, however, given the fact that we've been up a man and we've still they've kind of been putting it to us the last fifteen minutes, we miss a penalty. It's like oh god. Yeah. Uh, but we get it. We go up two zero. We're we're going crazy. Oh, we're going fucking nuts. We're going <laughs> nuts in the away section. Just I think like, this is the goal where Jake fell not one but two rows down. Yeah, so no, he fell. He basically like at first, like I saw him f- f- jump down a row, and I was like, okay, like he. he and then he goes down another. Row, I'm like, oh, he didn't. He's not jumping. He's like actively falling. <laughs> yeah, and thankfully the people who were down below us had gone to like get food or something. He would have just taken him out. Like, yeah, yeah, that would have been bad. Um. All right, let's get through the timeline, then we can talk all the Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, immediately afterwards, um, immediately afterwards. Corner. Yeah. Corner oh. is clear. Hey. Uh, corner Sorry, our friends just walked by. Yeah, um, I was not expecting that. Um, corner is cleared, falls to the boy, Van Rankin. 
um, <laughs> who starts the counterattack. Yeah, dribbles Good up. Job. This is this is like I mean, like we said like our first goal was a kind of a counterattack, but like a very like non traditional Timbers counterattack. This is the vintage Timbers <laughs> counterattack. Just like yeah. win the ball off a corner, everybody starts booking it forward, and like we're just always in an all out sprint. Um, yeah. Ball's getting fly- flying around. He plays it forward to Santi. Honestly, um, like as soon as man, as soon as Santi plays this amazing ball forward to Nieskoda, like it's 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 over. There. It's over. Like, yeah. The problem is, <laughs> is it's Dyron in the middle who gets the ball, and yeah. I don't know about you, but I would have bet money that he missed this chance. I have to admit, when I saw Dyron running up to it on the first time, and he's just got so much time and space, I'm like, all right, like this ball's going into orbit. Like, <laughs> this this, this ball is clear in the stadium for sure. This is hitting one of those like Dyron is just way, way, way too open and has way too much time to not like blast this ball 500 feet in the air. Um, but he's matured. Yeah, no, he actually, t- it's funny, he takes a touch off, like, a perfect, like, slotted ball, like, right on the penalty spot, like, man covering down, yeah, he, like, takes a touch, like, what? Like, you don't see Finish professional players do that. No, but it's good that he does, because he recognizes he has just enough time to do it, um, and it at that point, and like, at that point, it's, like, it's just the easiest finish of all needles time. And, like, getting, I was, like, I went into some sort of hunch where I was, like, I don't know if I want to watch what's happening right now, like, it was, like, it. It was too much time. It was like too much build up for, for Yeah, it was one of those chances that's like almost it's like so easy like you think he's gonna miss. Like, it's just in your head so much. Yeah. Like oh, then, yeah, man. shout out to Yashgoda who receives the ball. Um Santi plays a really nice like ball like all the way across the field. Yeah, um, from yeah. Left can to we right. talk about this? It's ball a little bit a little bit, bit in front of him actually, God. but it's but it's enough it's gonna nudge like I honestly thought it might be too hard at first. Um but it's actually just perfect. Um Yashgoda gets there first. <sighs> oh. Little one-time ball back across goal, and like we said, Lespria takes a touch and just slots it home. Easy as you like. Yes, and like sir. this was like yes, sir. Oh, this was pandemonium. This, I, it was I lost my mind. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I like it going like crazy, like doesn't even begin to cover it. Like no. somebody was like like there was like beer raining from the sky. Like people were just I, like yeah. freaking out. There were barely out. any people behind us in the away yeah. section, and there was still a lot of beer that ended up on me. Yeah, no, it was. I saw Dyron take his shirt off and I took my shirt off. I was so excited. I I remember. Yeah, I forgot about this. During the first goal, I'm pretty sure I lost like four dollars of Coors Light by like (laughs) kicking the by kicking my beer during the celebration. I I got like hit in the back (coughs) and my sunglasses like caromed off and like went down a couple rows. Uh Um, Yeah, I mean, it was was madness. It was madness. madness. Um, there's really that was the game. Um, there's a couple other. There, there's really nothing else nothing. we're talking about. Oh no, no, there is something we need to talk about. Ninety first minute, Ivicic makes a save from long distance on a hard shot and holds it. Yeah, he, he doesn't it. parry it. He holds it in his hands. That's why it's a redemption. Well, one of the many reasons why it was a great redemption game. All right. Um, just oh, and we have Diego Chara yellow at the end of the game. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um. I want to rapid fire through like the player analysis and stuff because I want to. I honestly, I'm I'm been more Dude, excited we, to talk about the atmosphere anyway. Yeah, bro, we, um, this is our pod. We got time, man. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, um. Players. Players. Ivacic. Who's your man? Okay, Ivacic, go for it first. Um, we'll do man of the match at the end. Yeah, Ivacic. Um, I'm convinced. I am fully convinced. I. I mean, how many times does he have to? How many games in a row does he have to put in a great performance before I finally stop? Like. Before I, before I yeah. stopped doubting him, yeah, yeah, like you know, I I was pretty, I was very critical of him early on, even though his stats weren't bad. I thought that a lot of the things he was doing were just like not up to snuff. Um, 
And then I'd be like, well, he had a good game last night, and well, he had a good game again, and well, another good game, and well, okay, Saints <laughs> played pretty well there. And, and eventually it's like, huh, maybe he's actually really good. Another monster <laughs> game for Ivicic. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, most of his saves weren't that tough, with the exception of the one that, like, kind of just hit him. Um, but he did everything I mean, he was asked to do. Get credit and that, that. And that, the one save that's not going to show up on the stats, the 1v1 versus Rui Diaz. Um, Bye. <laughs> sorry uh brief intermission um uh this is what happens when you don't edit your podcast yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh but the one we is not going to show up in the stat sheet like just phenomenal just like oh my god i was so hyped that yeah. was awesome and i knew i knew it was offsides too I didn't, I didn't know i was i thought it was offsides i was praying it was offsides yeah um <laughs> but yeah, I, and I, like you said, that's not going to show up in any sort of rating. I mean, we're using Sofa Score because we love Sofa Score. Is it a seven point two? Like that doesn't do it justice. Oh, wait, let's be yeah. honest. You get a clean sheet in Seattle. Like the narrative matters, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're the guy who gave up the six goal game last year. Yeah, and that was your like only game that people knew you from for a long ass time. This is a huge redemption game. See, I, I never. So I was. I was. I was when I was in London. So I like kind of missed that game, and um, uh, I didn't even I go back. I was fully and... engrossed in it, and it was the worst time yeah. to be alive. Yeah. No, that was a bad. That was a bad stretch. Um. All right. Who uh, else? Center backs. Back line. Okay. Back, um, can we start with Van Ranken out of the way? Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> uh, Van Ranken sucked. Um. <laughs> I don't whatever. know how. He, I don't know how you have a bad game in this game. Like. It, it's when we mentioned Sofa Score earlier. Um, when you look, if you look at Sofa Score at the rate, and obviously you know there's a lot there's more to it than just there's a lot more to it than just like like a, a rating. You know, you when can't like, blatant. but but yeah, no. Um, you look at you look at the Sofa Score ratings. Timbers every single timber is above a seven, um, which is like a seven's like a good game. Finn Rankin's at a six point four, which is like slightly bad game. <laughs> it's it's like bad. It's like significantly worse than average. Yeah. Every single yeah. other starting timber is above a seven. Yeah. Um, he didn't really do a whole lot right, but he also had a couple good tackles, and he also started the counterattack at the end of the game. I mean, so to be something. honest, there, there really wasn't any, like, there wasn't any, hu- obviously the penalty he gave away was a penalty. Um, oh, right, yeah. I forgot uh, he got <laughs> crossed up a couple of times, um, but it, it, some, some giveaways were just like, there was one where, like, he basically, like, takes the ball to the byline and, like, pass it right to Seattle when, like... It just it's just like what are you doing? Like you just don't need to do that. Like, He's so disconnected. I mean, I think if there's one thing that's gonna, if there's one obvious thing I can point out that will have the biggest chance of ruining this season or like ruining a cup run for this team, it'll be not getting a replacement right back. Yeah. Because I I I, I mean I think it makes absolutely zero sense. I think he's got to be just like struggling with confidence. Because we, as we, we saw, you know, when we first got him, we saw that he actually does have the potential to be a pretty decent right back, um, and he just is nowhere near that for some reason. Yeah. So, obviously, you know, if it is a confidence issue, we're sure as fuck not helping. But um, I mean, hopefully, he's not listening to this podcast. Listening to a podcast is not. I mean, if you're struggling as a player, I don't know why you would. Listen, <laughs> you probably listen to shouldn't us. be listening to podcasts. <laughs> Especially this one. <laughs> yeah. There are other ones that will be more respectful. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, Van Ranken out of the way. Um, center backs. Which goes the, most, the, the part we were most skeptical about. Like, yeah. the two center backs. I thought they played fucking awesome. Yeah, I thought they both played quite well. Um, again, Seattle did have a number of chances, but if you go back and, like, look at them, obviously, 
the first one on Mabiala, um, you know, he kind of loses out on the header, but it's not just on Mabiala, it's on everybody who's kind of standing around and not doing a good job of covering. Yeah. Um, If you think about their other chances, like really none of them come back to center back mistakes. Um, They were pretty Mm -hmm. solid, did a really good job clearing... Again, Seattle, this this is nothing that we kind of alluded to, but like didn't necessarily say explicitly. Seattle had the ball in and around our box a ton and did not manage to get good chances. And a yeah. huge part of that is due to Zuprich and Mabiala doing a really good job standing their man up, covering, not getting lost, um, clearing the ball when they needed to. Really solid game from both of them, I think. I I, yeah. I, I feel like as a center back, I feel kind of like dirty, like lumping them in together like mm-hmm. this, you know, because obviously like it's two players, you know, just because they play a similar position. Like yeah. But I think they both had a very similar game in terms of like what they did well, what they didn't do well. Um, like you said, Mabiala got caught stepping that one time, but I don't even necessarily. I mean, I, it's it's not a huge deal. I think that if we have if our midfielders are in slightly better positions, then that's not such a big deal. I mean, I say this all the time: goals drive the narrative. Yeah. Like if you know, we have this podcast so we can pick out those min- minuscule things. But at the end of the day. If it didn't, if you didn't concede, that's just a pretty good fucking result. In yeah, Seattle. and then, and then just like looking at the chance that they did get, which obviously you know you look at their xG and they could have had some, but if you look at the chance they did have, like it's it, they they really were just kind of like a lot of them were kind of fluky, a lot of them were like mistakes by other players, um, or just like good play from Seattle. Like you really can't, you really couldn't, even if we had gotten scored on once or twice, you really couldn't blame Mabial or Zuperich for any of those um, yeah. chances. Okay, um, Bravo. Um, Bravo. Really, really interesting game. I've seen opinions all over the map from Bravo for Bravo. Yeah, that seems to be like a, a thing. Like a lots of thing, people yeah. have lots of different opinions. Yeah. On Bravo. So in general, I mean, so we missed two games we didn't record. I think those were his like two of his best games of the season. Yeah. I think he's a huge part of why the Timbers are as good as they are right now. Yeah. I I, I would I he would say be... I would say I feel like that's a bit of an exaggeration just because like I think he does like I because I just because I don't think he's as he's as integral to our offense as yeah. he has been in the past. But clearly, he has actually. I mean, if you see if you saw the difference between Rasmussen to Bravo, like it was like instantaneous. Yeah. You could tell. Yeah, that that there was that was high like, end difference Rasm- in quality. Like Rasmussen's ceiling overlaps with Bravo's floor, but I mean. If Bravo's playing well, it's not even a. I mean, obviously, it's not even a I, question. I, yeah, but it's I, like, I like Bravo better. since he's been back. I think you like you've seen like the, it's been it's been clear. The evidence has been in front of our eyes that Bravo is a really important player for this team. Um, the only thing is, just like he's not as important on offense as he has been in the past, just because again we've moved away from that reliance on crossing a lot. I think um, that's also a game state thing or a situational thing with this game, though. Like at home, I feel like he still gets involved in attack a little more. Yeah, that might be true. The ball more. But anyway, defending, he brings a lot of intensity. Um, he's really helpful and he's great in build up play. Still the MLS tackles yeah, leader. I mean, if you after see, missing all those games, if you see like if you watch um when the ball's on his side, how often like he's able to kickstart like dangerous attacks and just like be able to progress the ball he's a great at ball progression yeah um from the final third to the middle third or not from the sorry from the from from a defensive third to the middle third yeah um he's excellent at that um he's always he he can take defenders off the dribble he can combine with players he can hit long balls um bravo is like a perfect guy to get your attack started with which is great because a lot of attacks are started with him because he makes a lot of tackles Mm mm-hmm 
Mm-hmm. So even though he's not like been like in the final third, I feel like as much this season, I still feel like he brings a ton to the team when he's on the field. Um, double pivot. Let's start with Diego Chara. Vintage Diego Chara game. Yeah, we saw Had a few really important moments defensively. Five tackles, eight out of five ground duels, one, three clearances, two fouls, one yellow card, four out of six long balls. <laughs> and most importantly, 89% accurate passing. <laughs> yeah. Diego Chara was a great it was a great game. Again, like uh, he he's he's just kind of there, quietly making the right plays, being in the right spots. Um, not turning the ball over, finding the passes, like just another vintage Diego Char game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't even really know what else more to say. Other than, like we said it a million times. Like me neither. He's doing the Diego Char thing. Did a great job. And and we saw was it the midweek game um, that the when Nashville he was game. when he was gone. Yeah. Uh, he, they read, we rested in the Nashville game, and that was a good decision. Yeah. And we had a uh, Williamson filling in that role, and Williamson actually had a phenomenal game that game. But you could tell defensively there was these pockets of space that normally oh, Char yeah. eats up, and Williamson just like does not like he's not used to like having to like eat up that much space defensively. He better be he better be coaching up young David Ajala. Yeah, uh, I mean, I almost said earlier something about how Blanco's age might have been showing a little bit more in this game. I don't even care to discuss that point. I'm just going to say Diego Char's age is is not showing yet. I I would disagree with you there. I I think that cuz I mean, we've talked I've talked about this a lot, but I think that this season from Char and a little bit last season, we've kind of seen like we we I haven't seen we haven't seen like takeover Chara since like the MLS Cup final. And I don't necessarily think that that means he's not had a good season cuz I don't think he's had a good season, but like I feel like he's we we've seen we've seen like all the things that Char is 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 good at, like, but we haven't necessarily seen that like holy crap, like he's he's dominating, he's keeping us in this game, um, which I think was at his very very peak. We would see we would get a game like that, like one in five, where like basically we'd be getting played off the pitch and Char would just be like dominating. I don't know. I feel like we've still had a few of those this year. I don't know, maybe. I mean, again, it's not. I'm not that he hasn't had good games, and not that he still isn't super important to our defense. But I, I feel like he's he's, and it's not even that like he's like. I feel like he's adapted. He's changed. His, he's changed the way he's played a little bit because he knows he can't like be quite as everywhere as he used to. Um, and he's still he's still really really important. Still really good. Um, I just think he's a little bit more like a little bit more in the background now. A little bit more of a peripheral figure. Um, was, at this age, I have a stat for you. Yeah. Diego Char is older than Wayne Rooney. They're both 36. That doesn't seem real. Char is that seems born fake. in April. <laughs> that seems born in October. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rooney, Rooney, Rooney is... Uh, he kind of retired early, honestly. Well, he was the player coach for Darby, and then he just yeah. like, didn't play. Yeah, and no, then, then he was just the coach and... That points deduction, that whole thing. Yeah, that, that was sucks. Tough. They didn't even have a bad. They had, they had like a very mediocre season and got relegated. It was like I think their point total would have put them like dead middle of the league. Yeah, and yeah, they were like super. <laughs> but average. because they had a twenty-one point deduction, they got relegated. You just hate to see it. Um, all right, Eric Williamson, the guy who I think I want to talk about the most in this game. Um. If you haven't been fully convinced, for whatever reason, that Eric Williamson is the real fucking deal! Like, 
Rewatch this game because he is. It's not just the one little sequence we were talking about on the first goal. Like he was doing that all day, um, and he has been doing it for the past like two, three, however many games he's been playing now. I I think um, that Eric Williamson is the player with the highest ceiling of anyone on the Timbers. Ooh, I I like that take. I, I like that I, take I, a I, lot. I think that far and away Williamson. I mean, I just like when you watch Williamson play. He looks so comfortable and confident on the ball. And when he's like really in his bag, and like when he first got back from his injury, we were very clearly not seeing the best of Williamson, which was like really scary. He's that he, you know, he was having an amazing season, has a horrific injury, comes back, and clearly seems to be a step behind. You know, you're thinking, yeah, maybe it's just rust, but you know, what if it's actually like he's just not the same? We are back to seeing the best of Eric Williamson this last mm-hmm. four or five games. And he is phenomenal. All right, and he's it. still young, and if he, he doesn't have a lot of minutes under him. Oh, he's he, 24. Yeah. And like, but, he, but he's young. He has less experience than a lot of 24-year-olds, you know? Yeah, just because he went the college route and because he was like dancing around on T2 for a while. Yeah, and then with the injury, bad, like, yeah. it's just like... Injuries. Yeah. yeah, he's just like... I really think he can be one of those guys that's kind of like a little bit of a late bloomer that develops into just like an absolutely fantastic player. And who knows? Like, maybe even someone who like kind of outgrows the MLS... Oh, I think he already has. Um, I like mean, I, he's just he's just at a point in his career where, like, I mean, no European team, unless they're really doing their homework, is going to have someone like Eric Williamson stand out to them. It's it's his age. It's the fact that he's yeah. twenty four and not and like he's American 20, and he's you know? playing in MLS. If Eric he's Williamson, playing in Portland. If Eric I mean, Williamson if he was, were twenty yeah. and twenty one with the same level of experience, you would be you would see him talked about a ton by by European teams. I bet. Here's your stat. Uh, when Eric Williamson has played more than 17 minutes, the Timbers have only lost one of those games this season out of four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Now, yeah. one was on the road at Colorado. Um, in the last four games, so, you know, we had that big international break, right? He was an unused sub against the Galaxy, still hurt a little bit. Gets subbed on early in that Colorado game, remember? Because Paredes got injured yeah, at home. Win, wins man of the match. Wins man of the match. <laughs> we win the game. <laughs> Next game against Houston. Starts 78 minutes. Huge fucking performance. And yep. we win. Uh, next game. Starts on the bench. Starts on the bench. Comes off the bench against Nashville. Man of the match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saves like, the game for us. Yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> you, can, you can tell. Like, you can tell when Eric Williamson comes on the field how much better we looked offensively and that it was because of him in a large part. Yep. Like so many things were working through him and like, yeah, just, I, I, and now in Seattle, cool start, 63 minutes and the match question. We'll mark? see. We'll see. <laughs> um, and another win. All right, let's get through the rest of these yeah. guys. Uh, I don't have a ton to say about Blanco. We kind of covered that. Yeah. We kind of covered Blanco already. I thought he had a pretty solid game. Um, I know you were less hyped on it, but definitely could have done better. It's what he didn't do rather yeah. than what he did do. Yeah, fair but, enough. Um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Santi, love it. Santi, bro. I, love Santi. Okay. I love Santi in particular balling out in this game because it is one of the few things that, maybe the only thing, that Portland's general manager has been able to do better than Seattle's is hit hit on the U-22 signing. Yeah. Um, it's It was kind of a perfect, like, uh, analogy of it in this game. Santi starts, plays 89 minutes, decisively takes and scores the penalty. Love the um, confidence. A very important penalty. Is super involved in the game throughout. Is a very important player to the game. 
Meanwhile, Leo Chu, Seattle's guy, comes on in stoppage time, or sorry, 81st minute when the game is like about to be over, um, and has seven touches. Yep. Pretty, pretty good demonstration. Good job on that one, Portland. Um, yeah, uh, Jimmy Chara. Jimmy, great. Great game. Great. Loved what I saw from Jimmy. Um, didn't have like, he wasn't like one of that, he wasn't like, you know, the guy who was like getting the final touch or the final pass on a lot of the goals, Jimmy but was instrumental in a lot of the buildup. Yep. Gets the MLS assist on the opening goal and the second one. Uh, yeah. Or the third one, I mean. I think. Uh, I don't know. I would have to watch No, that. no. The third one The third one went um, Van Rankin, Moreno, Nishkoda, Espria. Oh, it was... Oh, okay. Um, regardless. Uh, oh, he had the... He had the cross had for Nishkoda, too. Well, he had the cross for um, Asante on the, the handball. Oh, yeah. That's right. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway, in and around... What you want from Jimmy is for him to run around in circles in the opponent's attacking third. Yeah, Jimmy and, Jimmy is like third. gives... Uh, opposing teams' he headaches, like non, yeah. like nonstop, and um, he did that, bro. A lot of uh, instant pressure. As soon as Seattle would like be getting ready to clear it, he was really good at like applying pressure yeah. and making them like either fuck up or like just clear it out for a throw in. Finally, last starter, um, Nizgoda. Exactly what? Yeah, we, we, we've, we've already kind of talked about him. Um, goal and an assist. Yep. What? What more? What more can you say? Really? There you go. Two shots, one goal. Yep. <laughs> there. He, that's Nizgoda right there. Um, Three key passes, two big chances created. In terms of bench players, um, Paredes got a decent run in. Um, but it's not like he did, did a ton. Was yeah, he was just kind of there, mostly defending. Same with Luria, was just kind of there. Yeah, Luria obviously involved uh, himself. Espria did great. Um, yeah, <laughs> basically started the counter on the second goal by winning a tackle, progressing the ball forward, and then of course finishing his chance at the end. Um, so yeah, really made the most of his minutes. Um, good to see. Yeah, hopefully Mister um, October heats up. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see Espria come in as in like as a super dangerous because uh, he's really not. I think really a super gotten... sub is such a great role for him. Yeah, like, I kind of like how he. I, we talked I, about this last episode. He and Santi have kind of switched roles uh-huh. in last season. Now Santi's starting and Dyron's taking over. I think that perfectly suits what he gives for us. Yeah, you know he was clearly like the perfect addition to this game. Um, Great to see. Brought the energy. Brought the hustle. Made things happen. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. A couple other... Mora got in. Didn't really... Uh, like, very at the end. Um, uh, I think that's pretty much it for the same players. Tui Loma didn't, didn't really need to do yeah. anything. Okay. okay. Let's do... Uh, <laughs> um, let's do what do we do now? Uh, MLS Moments, Man of the Match. MLS um, team grades. Oh, well. The entire opening sequence of... Being in the stadium was an MLS moment in itself. Yeah. Uh, we had skydivers because... Question mark? Yeah, no, They the whole... I mean, obviously, if you didn't already know this, um, <laughs> Seattle waited until this game to do their whole uh, Champions League trophy ceremonies. You know, they had, like, music and... Oh, they had a live know, the, the, guy yeah. doing music outside. They were selling t-shirts Yeah, they had the, the Strombellas were there. Um what? They're a they're like an alternative rock band. Um, oh, they're pretty popular. Uh, I Jake recognized him. I didn't recognize him. Oh. Uh, but um, yeah, no, there you'd know some of their songs. They're on the radio. Um, Whatever. Well, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it they was had, really important for them. Yeah, they really wanted to yeah, dunk on skydivers really, going really into bad. the stadium. You know, with banners and everything. And it's funny because all this shit. The only thing I could think about that entire time is that. When you talk to Seattle fans who actually care, who are like actually invested in the team and stuff, you know, like 
they will act like they love to act like Portland does not exist. They want nothing more than to just be the kings of MLS and for us to fade into the darkness. Yeah. It's very ironic that like you can't have that and then also be petty. You yep. can't have it. You're either the big boys or you're still somebody's little brother. And to on this day they got little brothered. Yep. It was really it was fucking great. great to see. Like, oh, you really don't care about us, and yet you're like building a whole fucking festive day around trying to beat us and flexing mm-hmm. on us. Like Okay. Alright, let's let's bang out these last things. Um team grade, I'm gonna give it A minus. A plus. A plus of the game? Fair. A plus. I don't give a fuck. I don't care how many big chances you conceded. I don't care fair how enough, many times. I don't care how many last ditch saves we make. It's it's an you know, it feels kind of comforting going back to the old school uh, days where you would always give games higher ratings than I did. <laughs> That's true. I feel uncomfortable being Mr. Positivity, so this is actually this works out well. Um, I have oh wow, I must have changed that. I thought my man in the match was Eric when I wrote it down. Apparently, I wrote down Bravo. I might be changing it to Nizkoda as we're right, as we're saying this. This um, is such a tough game to pick a man of the match, man. I just and I also it. might be going Ivanchich just be, just for narrative. Oh, this is such a difficult one. I think the most obvious choice, like based on like the stats, is Nizkoda. Um, I thought Santi was great. I thought Jimmy was great. I thought Eric was great. I thought Diego was Everyone great. Like, great. yeah, I thought our center backs were great. Um, <laughs> God, man, this is such a tough one. I really just don't know who to give it to. Uh, oh, fuck. I think I might have to give it to Ivicic. I think I might yeah, I don't, I don't hate that because shot. as we were doing the timeline, right? Like, what stood out to me when when I went over the timeline again was like the pivotal moments revolved around momentum swings that you know you think of the Rui Diaz wide open one that you know the one one v one with Ivicic where he saved it like it's a huge momentum saver like saving it off your shoulder from Ladero <coughs> to prevent the opening goal huge momentum saver or maybe it was the time. it was in the first half regardless like but then you have Eric making the arguably the two most important plays of the game with the drawing the red card and the opening goal sequence, like God, man, God, Bravo was locking it down. Oh, fuck, I'm going. I'm going with Eric. You going with Eric? I'm okay. Going with Eric. Oh, this is such a tough one. Uh, it, I'm every, going off. Everyone brand. is my man of the match for this game. Fuck off. It's not <laughs> CYO. No, 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 no. Um, this is honestly like the hardest decision that I've had for man of the match maybe this season. Like. This is a really oh, tough it is one. For me, yeah. I'm. I really don't know who to say, man. I. I'm gonna say Santi. Woo! Uh, I like it. I I loved his. I loved the way he played today. I loved his confidence with the penalty. Um, he did really well in the build-up play. I think that honestly, like, I really, I kind of wanted to give it to Jimmy, but just Jimmy didn't get on the score sheet, you know, and Santi did, mm. which I feel like is why Santi kind of gets the edge. Let Jimmy was maybe even Take more important. Take one out of my book. Maybe even more important in build-up play over the course of the game. Um, but I think Santi probably gets the edge. Also, Nishigoto is a totally fair shout. So many players, you can make a good claim for it. Um, yeah. But I'm going to go with Santi. Uh, do you want to do it for the last two games before this? I'm not going to remember. The Seattle game okay. basically completely fried my brain. Yeah, so let's talk right, yeah. about let's talk anyway, about the brain fry. Yeah, part. now let's talk about the the, 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 the even part. more important, the even more fun part. Um, 
of the game, which is just like the experience beyond just like the game itself. Yes, as we mentioned, we had never been to an away game before. Thinking about, thinking like, about this, it might have been better to do to talk about this first. Yeah, whatever. But okay. you know, we're not going to podcast. Yeah, it's our podcast. Tough. Uh, it's this tough is going to make sure you're going to stick to the end, hopefully. So we got to the stadium. Yeah, we went up. So we we or, went up. It well, was me, Charlie, our friend Jake, and then our friend Noah. Um, yeah, in high school, uh, the four of us um, drove up in the morning. Um, pretty rough it was a rough drive it was a rough drive yeah it like i always think of it as two hours but it's three hours minimum yeah and i um i was going off a cool two and a half hours of sleep Ah, Uh, i I got home i got home at like 3 30 the night before and the door was locked and i had the key so i like had to wake my sister up and she was so pissed (laughs) the night before i went off-roading with (laughs) with no out in estacada like, yeah. I didn't know what the hell was going on, but we were both exhausted. Like, everyone in the car was exhausted already. And also, like, okay, this is a phenomenon that I've noticed a lot, and I'm, I, I'm curious to see if this is, like, a common thing or this is just a thing for me, but, like, when I go out, um, like, at night and, like, drink, and then I know that I have to get up in the morning, my body will wake me up at, like, 6 a.m., like, every time. Not, not every time, but, like, pretty consistently, my body will, like, wake me up obscenely early. Because, like, I'm just terrified that, like, if I drink and go to bed, I'm going to sleep through whatever. Mm. Um, so I'll, like, get up really early and not be able to go back to bed. So in this instance, like, I went to bed at around 4 a.m. and then was up at 6 and just couldn't go back to sleep. For me, it doesn't have anything to do with drinking. It's just anticipation. Like, some you, you've lived with me enough uh-huh. to know that sometimes I will just pull an all-nighter because I can. Uh, because I know if I fall asleep, I won't wake up until noon the next day. Uh-huh. And it's just more worth it for me to be tired in like the afternoon tomorrow than to like try to somehow make myself fall asleep when I know it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think it's just like my body, like I don't, my body doesn't trust my brain though. Yeah. That like, yeah. or like maybe my brain doesn't trust my body. I don't know which one it is, but like there's a lack of trust between my body and my brain <laughs> that like I'll actually get up on time. So it's like, you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to wake him up as soon as possible and just have him that way. Like you don't have to worry about like waking up at the alarm. Uh, so anyway, that's what I saw. Yeah, we were exhausted. Um, we were beat. The whole day. We were like, but we you know, mentioned the gas. Station. Once we got to the stadium, the adrenaline was pumping. Like it was, I was, I was. Yeah, really we got a couple drinks in us, and we were feeling pretty good. Get in the stadium, and to be honest, it's a, it's an awesome stadium, and I feel like I can say that because it it's is. not actually the Sounders Stadium. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes, that's what I was gonna say. Although I will say, getting like. We took the wrong route to our yeah. Seats. We we that took we took me. the scenic route of the of the stadium. We <laughs> literally took the longest possible route that you can possibly walk in the stadium. We entered on the north end, and we should have just gone to the left and up the stairs to the northeast part. Instead, we went to the right and literally all the way around the stadium to get to where we had to go. Uh-huh. Um, so that was quite inefficient, but it was still fun. So anyway, um, uh, we let's... were there on time. Shout yeah. out to the Traveling Timbers Army and yeah. like, Taco. Like, I don't know how, I don't know what percent of people live in Seattle versus traveled or whatever, but like, it was awesome. There were still was, capos. I wasn't yeah. really expecting that. Yeah, no, that was that was great, honestly, because the it, it's just like without the capos, it's hard to like really keep everything organized really and going is. consistently. Yeah. And um, yeah, they did a great job, bro. Home, the one capo was holding his fucking baby. The yeah, whole he had his time. kid. With, so he had his kid with like with the ear with the, the, the ear muscles, muscles on. on. Yeah, <laughs> that um, was awesome. Shout out to that dude. Yeah, no, he was killing it. I I don't I was I don't know his name, but uh, 
Yeah, he was yeah, long car- yeah running, running all the chants while carrying his kid, like the entire game, like it's dedication. Dude, yeah, it was little awesome. claps as like pats on the back. Yeah, like bouncing the baby. Uh, shout out to whoever made the two stick, the champ. The champions League two oh stick. yeah, that, that was, was funny. funny. Um, I wish you got to go through all the chants. Like it was just oh, we went through. God, I mean, we were. I would say that like we're it was probably home. close to like ninety to ninety-five percent of the time we had a chant going. Oh yeah, it was just like it was. Yeah, it was like it was like nonstop. Honestly, there was less dead time than there was in. I can only remember like a. There was probably like a a a dead minute like every like fifteen minutes of game time. Well, sometimes it would be like, oh, there's a you know, there's something happening or like somebody's injured. Although towards the end of the game, (laughs) there was like an injury that stopped play, and we were just fucking going for it. Oh (laughs) yeah, no, there was like there was like a there was like a clash of heads like near the end of the game, and like two players were down on the ground, and we were just like chanting like "fuck Seattle" the entire time, like. It, you know, probably not the classiest, but like it, we were, we were Don't so care. we were all Don't like care. at that point, like so obviously, like when we scored the first goal, it was nuts. Like, oh yeah, people were going crazy, <laughs> and like that was like the moment where it's like, all right, like we we got a goal, like now, like we we have to be like screaming this whole game. Yes, you know, yes. It, it was like after we scored, that, I was like, all right, like I'm my voice is completely going. I'm like at the end of the game, I was drenched in sweat, just exhausted. Oh, me too. Yeah, um, uh, and yeah, no, and we were. Uh, we we were it was a lot of fun. We were chirping the Seattle fans. Heavy. Oh, we were really chirping. But so let's go chronologically. At halftime, uh, you weren't at this bathroom break, but Jacob and I went to the bathroom. Oh yeah, that's right. And so I like I know this sounds fabricated, and it would be really easy for me to fabricate this story. But you can inject me with like truth serum or strap me up to a, a lie detector, whatever you want to do. Like <laughs> Jake was there too, so I, I got corroborated. But. Anyway, so we're in line in the bathroom. We're chirping. Like, you know, we're feeling good. It's halftime. We're up 1-0. Like, we're yeah. shit-talking the Seattle supporters section in the bathroom line in their own stadium uh, just to each other. But, you know, it's one of those things where you're not intentionally saying it loudly, but you just don't really care about your volume. Yeah, exactly. You don't really care who hears that was, you. That was a pretty common theme. Uh, <laughs> that was a common the theme day. for the rest of the day. But some dude in front of us in line, he turns around. He's clearly a Sounders fan. He's like wearing the jersey, and he's like, I expect him to clap back and say, you, you know, just talk some shit like they always have to do. But this guy was actually like, we were like, oh, you know, if this is a real like soccer city, they would have like a real supporter section. Which again, like to be honest, I was very unimpressed Dude, by the Seattle atmosphere. I thought like I expected so much more from the Sounders fan. Honestly, it was kind like, of pathetic. I expected something near the Timbers Army. We could not hear them the entire I told you, game. I told you, there was two moments. There was the Seattle chant where they were drowning us out. And but that's the entire, that's only yeah. just the whole stadium. And then there was the, the yellow card that got them really excited. Um, yeah. And other than that, you could not hear the Seattle sports. You couldn't hear anything. Yeah. Like, and I get that we're in, we're in the stadium, we have our own chants going, but like, you, I could not hear them. Even when we didn't have chants going, I couldn't hear them. The like, I can legitimately like, hear away fans in Providence Park better from the Army than I could the home Seattle fans in their own stadium. Yeah. Which is very odd. Yeah, their supporter section was also tiny. Like, like there's like one section in like a massive 70,000-person stadium. There's like a few hundred people in their supporter section. So anyway, these are all things Jake and I were pointing out ever so eloquently in the bathroom line, as one does. Um, And this guy in front of us turns around, and he's like, yeah, you're right. Like, we're still not really there yet. Like, we got a few (laughs) more years to go. That's why we're moving. That's why I'm moving to Rio so I can get a real supporters experience. (laughs) Jake and I just turn to each other. We're like, yeah, that's right. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, that's I, validating. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah, we were not really there on a mission of peace. Um, no. Um, what else happened? You bought some sixteen dollar beer. Um, yeah. Um, after the game. Okay, let's get to after the yeah, game. Yeah, the real fun. Yeah, part. I mean, basically, like. Well, the oh, no. The other the other part. thing was uh after we scored the 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 second goal. Um, like a bunch of Sounders fans started leaving. Oh, so we my were chanting. God, yeah, man. we were yelling at them. And then, like after we scored the third goal, after we were done, so oh, like, once the shirt, was our off, whole our <laughs> whole group, um, you, me, Jake, Noah, and then uh, another friend. Uh, we actually had well, a Sounders we'll, fan. We'll get. Well, we had a, a native Seattle light. There. Yeah, I don't know what they're called. Uh, but he was so like our friend like invited him over to the way section. He wasn't wearing Sounders gear or anything. He was a true neutral being there. Yeah, he didn't give a shit. He got stuck in. Oh, he got stuck in. Evan <laughs> yeah. got stuck he in. Got yeah. really stuck he was. In. Oh, he was. He was like singing. He was singing with the chants. Like yep, he was like yep. screaming at the field, screaming at the players. He was even talking shit. After yeah, he was game. talking shit. Like it was. It was honestly, it was a beautiful thing to see. But we all five of us ran over to the the railing, like where they separate the the Timbers and Sounders. Uh-huh. And we were like chirping them. Yeah, we were like, yeah, we were like pointing at people. Like, yeah, bye 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 bye. You're pointing at people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Beat the traffic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were chanting "Beat the traffic," which is oh, great. Gosh. If you looked at the stadium, like, pretty much by the time that the game was, like, almost over in, like, the 90th minute, almost the entire two <laughs> sections next to us, all of the Sounders fans had left. Yeah, it was, like, more Timbers out. fans than Sounders fans in those sections. They just, like, couldn't they couldn't handle it. And if you looked across on the other side, like, most of the there were still, like, more Sounders fans in those sections. Like, you really did just clear out all of the Sounders fans near us. Yep. Just by being like like screaming at it, like oh it was it was yep. amazing it was an amazing feeling. There was the I don't know if you saw this but there was like a uh, a tweet from a Sounders fan and he was like I can't believe like oh, my kid has to learn all these new words today thanks to these classless Timber supporters. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Bro, have you ever been to a sporting event before? Yeah, <laughs> I guess not because this is how it is. Um, yeah, no, there was um what else? So yeah, they but- if you've never been to an away day, I know this now that I have. They keep the away section there for like half an hour after. The at game. least, at least for Timber Sounders, they, they do. They de- yeah, yeah. They delay like your exit. Yeah, the stadium was like empty with the fans, which was probably a good call because it to is. Be honest, it was a good call. Like I don't like I'm not all Timbers fans were being like obnoxious and like you know like. But there was a. L- I'm gonna say the majority. I'm yeah. gonna say the majority and of us were a, talking mad yeah, I, like, shit. I, I would say we on were the, like on the way out of that. We stadium. went, dude. We uh, our group was probably like. Some of the worst. Okay, we, were, we were pretty. We were pretty like, bad. Like if we had left when everyone else did, there was like a non-zero chance we were getting in a fight. Oh, d- we almost did get in, like multiple fights yeah. on the way out. Yeah, um, no, uh, it was it was a it was a, probably a very smart thing that they didn't let us out with the cheddar pop because we were we were chirping like like anytime anytime someone would like yell us from the standard section like we'd be like hey like come on up say it to our face like yeah. come here you know um <laughs> leaving leaving like you got to go through all those like what are those called like basically these long ramps like spiraled ramps all the way down yeah. the stadium you get like anywhere from five to ten looks at like the people exiting down below on, yeah. the, con- on the lower concourses um and like we were singing and it was pretty loud because it echoes in that like I yeah walking down like the down like this uh through that like like a like hallway basically with yeah, like, yeah. like i'm like closing my eyes for a few seconds and just hearing like the timbers chants like echoing around like <laughs> It was like a surreal experience. Like, it really was. One Even of, before that, that before was like they one released of my, us, bro, yeah. from behind the thing, there we were like the whole crowd was like watching the like families and like everybody leave with the fingers out, the keys were up. I love it. 
Yeah. That's what we're here for. Oh yeah, that's right. When we when we were outside, that one dude was there like with his family and he was like he like said something like and basically people were like yell this like random Sounders fan, you know. And like the Timber we all started like flipping him off and yelling at him and like chanting. And he was getting super pissed and ended up having to get like hauled away by security, like in front of his family. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, Yeah, great. so shout out to everyone who was in the Timber's army. Yeah, especially shout out to all of you. Especially if you were, Oh yeah, yeah. If you just, were there, if you were there, just like you're real, you yeah, know. it was it was a great atmosphere. Um, everyone was giving it their all. I mean, I was, I, I everyone was exhausted after the game. You know, we, Tetris was so much fun. Like, dude, there were parts in the second half where I legitimately thought like I might need to sit down. Like I'm so dehydrated and I've been yelling for so long and jumping. Uh-huh. That, like my voice started like cracking in like ten minutes in to the game. Yeah. So like I was like. My voice was like up here for like the entire rest of the day and i was like i was averaging like a voice crack every other sentence yep yep which i'm surprised we haven't had any on this episode i don't think i don't know maybe we just ignore no it's mine mine feels pretty good right now it's just like a little bit like i can tell it's a little bit a little bit softer i feel like i just smoked a whole pack still (laughs) like uh anyways anyways after we leave the stadium uh i want to shout out two sounders fans in particular who stayed with our group two Timbers Um, fans did I say Sounders? You said Sounders oh, fans. Fuck me. That yeah, is that's bad. Not... Sorry. Uh, we're only an hour and a half into this podcast. <laughs> I guess my brain's getting a little fried. Um, uh, uh, Steven and Allison. Steven and uh, Allison, the siblings, uh, they stuck with us. They invited us to get drinks with them at McCoy's, which was a great decision. Um, yeah, we, we, were, we, well, we, 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 we were walking with them because after we came out of the stadium, the, the five of us were just like ch- doing chants. You know, we were singing, build a bonfire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we were going through the streets, you know, Seattle fans were just like flipping us off left and right and talking shit. We were just like singing. Yep. And then um, these two other Timbers fans came in and joined us while we were chanting. Because uh, it was kind of a mixed bag of like the Timbers fans. Like some oh, of them completely. were definitely like... You know, just trying to cause chaos, trying to talk to... And some of them, you could tell, were, like, a little bit, like, sussed out to, like, be chanting when, like, there yeah. was so many, dra- like, sound Some, some of around. you had class. And you know what? Good for yeah, you. Yeah, good for you. If that's your thing, go for it. Yeah. Not going to hate on not anyone my, who wants, to, who wants to not be a dick. But uh, that was not us. We were being dicks. It was... Uh, it was quite belligerent. Yeah. Um, anyways, <laughs> shout out to Steven and Allison. <laughs> Uh, it was funny. We were so we were at McCoy's with them, and we we're like an hour and a half in at this point, just like chatting with them. Yeah, um, no, we've, really uh, cool people. Like, shout out to Stephen, who's probably on a plane to Asia right now. Yeah, um, a podcast <laughs> listener, by the way. Yeah, that's the thing. Always, he was always, like, uh, always awesome to meet people. Uh, yeah, he just casually mentioned like these Timbers pods he listened to, and we were one of them, and we were like, huh. um, "That's us." <laughs> interesting. Uh, <laughs> That's a, he's like, what? Yeah, yeah, what's up? <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so it's, it's always kind of cool to, like, I don't know, like, when we started the podcast, like, imagining that, like, we would be out somewhere and I would meet someone that listened to the podcast, I would have, like, never believed it. It's kind of unnerving, to be honest. This is the it's second time weird, now yeah. where I've met, like, Timbers Yeah, same, it's the second, the yeah. Was... And I'm kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. You, like, know, I, I got... <laughs> you know more about me than I would think you do. Like, uh-huh interesting uh-huh. and i guess that's like what it's like you know being a celebrity you know like us yeah okay okay, okay. Yeah. with our what 100 average listeners Woo! per pod or 150 whatever hey you know it's all about being a niche internet micro celebrity these days <laughs> that is what they say um but yeah shout out to to steven and allison they were great yeah um, um i hung out with them for a while at the bar um got into several bouts of trouble yeah um just around uh, if you follow the twitter uh you know the the table behind us we got into a oh my god dude that was so funny yeah this one woman who was like 
super. So you were on that side um, of the table. What? How did that start? No clue. Okay. No clue. I how think it, it was just another Jake talking too loudly. Sort yeah. Of thing. Yeah. It is. I'm sure we were. We were talking. We were saying very disrespectful things about the Sounders. Not necessarily to Sounders fans, but very loudly <laughs> in them? the immediate vicinity of Sounders fans, with like full knowledge that they were listening to what we were saying. So like. It's not really surprising, but anyway, they were getting pissed. They you, were like, you would expect shit. adults to like clap back instead of throwing French fries. Uh, but yeah, no, one of them started throwing her French fries at us, which was uh, <laughs> that was that was unique, and it was not like a funny, jokey way. I thought it was a she, joke when she first no, did it. I thought she no. was like, I thought it was like a, I thought she was like messing around, like yeah, oh, so like, like you guys, thing. like yeah, like screw you guys, screw the Timbers, you know, I'm no, gonna throw a French fry at you. She was pissed. pissed. She was like, fuck you guys, like. Stop talking! Stop talking! We were like, we weren't, we hadn't even been saying anything. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was honestly, it was pretty great though, because we just started laughing. Like, pretty yeah. much the whole table was just like laughing, and they were getting really pissed. Um, yeah, because when you when you win three zero against your big rivals in their city and on just, their like, special day, yeah, on their special day, on their and it's special like, day. <laughs> it, to be honest, it's just like it's just a great feeling. It's like you know what? Like, I don't even really care what you say. You know, it's just like it's just great, having a good time. Yeah, it's a great day to be alive. Uh, Emmett gave us the tour of like downtown Seattle surrounding area, you know. Yeah, um, it was funny because there was also a Blue Jays Mariners game. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, after uh, Dude, so many Blue that was Jays going on. Fans. There was a, apparently so. Apparently the Blue Jays are like Canada's team, and because Seattle is so that. close to yeah. Canada, like that's like the game that like all the Blue Jays fans from like the area go to. So there was just a million Blue Jays fans everywhere, like more than Mariners fans. Significantly more. And we were, and we were significantly, significantly way more. So we started talking to this with a couple of Blue Jays fans, like asking, like, so why are there so many Blue Jays fans? And like they were explaining this, so like, oh sweet, like yeah, like like hey, like fuck Seattle, right? And they're like, yeah, fuck Seattle. So basically, every time we passed a Blue Jays fan, we would see them like, hey, go Blue Jays, go Blue fuck Jays. Seattle. Yeah, go Blue Jays. Uh, it was um. They love. Yeah, yeah. Some no. of them were receptive. Some weren't. Some of them like, had no know, clue we were talking. They probably never heard of the MLS. Missed one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Uh, yeah, no, but it was, it was just got some brand exposure for the the crest. Out it there, was just so. it was just uh, it's always funny to see. It's always like fun to see like the Sounders fans quietly seething in the background as you're like dapping yes. up blue jays fans you know yes. yes um um yeah all in all it was like shout out to the group chat the twitter group chat the, yeah the tarc so what's up to them they probably, um, i don't think any of them listen but whatever and i'm trying uh, to think of anything like we, we we spent we were really there for most of the day we were wandering around like the area by the arena in downtown for like, like four or five hours after the game time. like it was a while. Yeah. Um, we were just kind of aimlessly wandering. Yeah, it was just like, great. it just felt like we were all in like, we were all like so happy. Like we just wanted to be in places where there were Sounders fans. Yeah. So like we didn't even really care. We we're just like, as long as like we got to walk around and like chat shit and like celebrate in front of like in in Seattle, like in their home city, like I don't really care. How many doing. chances like, you get to like, do, well, I mean, depending on how long Geo sticks around, he still hasn't lost in Seattle. Yeah. So. And it's, uh, I, I feel like, uh, it's almost our duty as like basically Portland Seattle basically being like the biggest MLS rivalry to bring a bit of, a little bit of that European rivalry culture to the states. Yeah, maybe without the stabbing, but yes, yes. Yeah, without the hope. Yeah, again, like there without wasn't the violence. There wasn't we any violence. Violent to I remember there was there was a one group of uh, there was one group of oh Seattle the Sounders fans who were, who were lurking yeah, outside. Yeah, they were lurking. Yeah, they got kicked the out by security, bomb. and they were, yeah they were they were waiting just outside the gates with security. Where basically yeah, come here, so we're like trying to like Bro, look okay, for a fight. Okay, so here's the thing though: is if you're looking um, for a fight. And you're in a group of people specifically looking for a fight. You don't ask people to come fight you. That's not how it works. Yeah. You gotta go fight them. If you're gonna be an asshole, you gotta go. Also, all and like, I'm sorry, like 
They were the goofiest looking motherfuckers I have ever seen in my life. Like, holy Christ. Did you see that it one dude? like they had rolled from straight out the dispo. Yeah, like, it, it was... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I mean, I don't want to... I don't want to. Oh, you know, we would build, never. Make I don't. Fun I don't want. I don't want to besmirch their appearance or anything. But like, holy crap! Like, I, sometimes fighting is. Yes. Really yes. Yeah, some. Some people really just don't have a lot going for them in life, and you oh, can tell. Jesus Christ. Um. All right. Uh. The the last thing I want to mention about this day, there was one good thing I found in Seattle that was a product of Seattle that day. A big old bag of dicks. <laughs> a big old bag of dicks. Dude, that's there's true. nothing that could have put a cap on that day quite like some delicious dicks i will say though that the dicks did not sit well with me during the three hour ride back mm. oh i know uh <laughs> it was uh that was a it was a little bit of a tough drive but um dude under 10 bucks though cheeseburger fries and a shake and they all taste great yeah go get your dicks yeah for real it was really good uh, um yeah so but... i'm trying to think like i don't know any like, like, final, like, recap thoughts. Because, like, we've pretty much gone through... This podcast is long as shit. We've gone over everything a million times. Like... Uh, it was a beautiful day to be alive. Beautiful day. Like, yeah. my first away day. Uh, I I think it was probably my second best Timbers experience after, of course, the double post yes, game. I would, I would um, concur. Just so much fun, man. I This was, like... This is, like, what being a supporter is about. This is, like, the absolute, like, yeah. pinnacle of, like... And I mean, you talked about Being responsibility a, a little bit ago. I feel like I, I mean, <clears throat> shit, man. Like I, you know, I could have sat up there with my friend Michael in from Cascadia and like done the whole blogging thing again. But like, while I'm young, I feel like I got to enjoy some of this stuff while I can, yeah. you know, like it gets a lot harder to do those sort of things. Like your body shuts down a lot quicker, uh, when you're older from, from what I've heard. Yeah. So, it's, uh... I'm glad that we got to do that. It was it was a ton of fun. Um, also, that was your birthday gift. I totally forgot. How about yeah. happy birthday? Yeah, no, we got Even that. Even though your birthday was in April. Yeah, it was in April, <laughs> but like... <laughs> it was funny. People kept saying, like, you guys been like, happy birthday to me, and I'm like, thanks. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, Charlie and Jake got this the ticket for me as a birthday present, and it was one of the best birthday presents I've ever got in my life, so thank you guys. That's awesome. Yeah, man. And yeah, you just couldn't have asked That's for a better a, game. The game was nope. so much fun itself. It was so exciting. We just smacked the shit out of them. The atmosphere was great. Shout out all the Timbers fans who were there. Um, coming out of the stadium, I have a ton of great videos of just like, just just like Timbers fans just rejoicing and like enjoying mm -hmm. the moment. Um, and then like, and then to be honest, I think what was as fun as the game, honestly, was just wandering around Seattle, just like rubbing yeah. it in. Like, yeah. And again, like I, I, I'm not normally like I feel like if we're against, if obviously if we're against any other team, like I wouldn't like feel like that, you know. No. Like it's really just like uh, maybe, this is this is what rivalries are me, about. But that's it. Yeah, like this is like this is like basically like, the the one and only team that I would like actually go this out of my way to like heckle fans about, <laughs> you know. And like you just don't get a better opportunity than going to their place on their championship day and smacking them three zero, like. You just you just have until, to enjoy until it. we do it in the playoffs again. Yeah, you just, you just have to enjoy it. Um, and damn, did we enjoy every minute of it? So. All right. On a serious Timbers note, we got uh, we do need to talk about playoffs real quick. Uh -huh. uh, we need to maintain this pace of success yeah. pretty much for the rest of the season. If we're gonna get a home playoff game, we gotta be pretty damn close to it. If we're gonna get in the playoffs at all, do you, we are still do you have any sort of yeah? Do you have any sort of reservations about it? Like, do you have any lack? Do you, do you lack in confidence at all? No. Uh, okay. This is this is the 
Okay, listen, I will say um, injuries could be an issue. Um, But I think if we stay healthy, if we stay healthy, um, the way we're playing right now is amazing. We're playing great. We always thought that this team was way better than, like, what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And we had injuries, you know, we had a bunch of, we were talking a lot of, basically, this is what we expected from the Timbers, and this is what we're seeing. Now that we finally have all our personnel, everyone's got games in them, like, we look really fucking good, and I, I think that we should easily make the playoffs. I mean, obviously, we're still a little bit out. We're a game behind thing, and though, a point back, I think. I believe we are four points off of third place. Yeah. In the West. Yeah, it's like, really it's really. That's tight. how quick the mar- that's how thin the margins are. And sure, people have games in hand and whatnot. We'll see what happens this week. By the way, it's time to like start looking at the rest of the league if you're not doing that already, just in terms of like games and rooting interests. Uh, there's a big, big Texas game tomorrow. Uh, uh, Austin and Houston are playing. That's the only game tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. We're recording this on Monday the 11th. Um, you know, root, root for the East in cross-conference matchups. That part is easy. Like, root for Cincy this weekend in Atlanta, or this week, Atlanta. Um, root for draws in, well, I mean, like, SKC you can root for a win for. They're fucked. They're, <laughs> they're not making the playoffs. Um, but like root for Orlando, you know, Nashville, Seattle, you can root for a draw there. Like it's, it's fun to be involved in like the rest of the league. Also, um, uh, just in terms of general MLS news, a lot of huge transfers just went Oh through. yeah. What the hell? We haven't talked about those. Yeah. Um, Gareth Bale to LAFC. Chiellini played or no, did he play? Yeah, he, he played. Yeah. No, he, he, I think he started. Really? Uh, or maybe he was just in the 18. I, he definitely played though. Okay. I'm sure. I, he was either subbed off, because I remember he was on the bench at one point. So he was either subbed off or he got subbed on. Okay. Um, but yeah, Chiellini playing in the MLS. Like, one of the like greatest defenders of our generation. Um, Gareth Bale, one of the greatest attackers of our players, generation. Yeah. Um, uh, Insigne. Yeah, Insigne. In Toronto. Toronto. Um, he's, he's, in Toronto. He's, yeah. <laughs> By uh, the way, Mark Anthony K also going to Toronto. They're going to be uh, Chucho Hernandez. Um, Chucho Hernandez, baller, uh, scored a banger for Columbus. Yeah, Columbus. That's right. Um, it was yellow to yellow. That's the only way I remember it. Uh-huh. Watford to Columbus. Uh, there's some more big ones that I can't even yeah, remember um, right now. Yeah, no, but... a lot of MLS. It's uh, looking up. Hey, man. It's sport of the future. Yeah. It's sport of the future. Um, Okay, uh, real quick, we got Vancouver this weekend. That's a game we should always win at home. Um, hopefully this re- part of the rivalry can get kicked up a little bit too. But the Timbers, knock on wood, can basically secure the Cascadia Cup uh, if they win this game. Yeah, it, it would be nice to win Cascadia because we haven't won it in God knows how long. Especially the way we lost it last year. Yeah. It would be really nice to win that back. So yeah. let's just um, fucking do it. Again, it's, it's, you know, it's not obviously... MLS is more important, but Cascadia would be nice. It'd be nice. Depends on the when, year. When was the last year? When was the last year we won Cascadia? Oh, because you probably know this. Um, I do not. I I don't off the top of my head. Uh, cup. There's like a website that tracks it. Um, okay. Nope, that's an info site. This is on oh, Wikipedia. We'll have it here. We go. Just absolutely riveting podcast. Yeah, right this here. is great. While we while we look uh, stuff up, the Timbers on. have not won it since 2017. Okay, well, it's not even that long ago. I, I oh, that, I think we might have. Uh, I don't know. The Sounders have won it the last three times because it didn't happen in twenty twenty. Yeah, um, so, and then we didn't. Want, we, we our previous win was twenty twelve. Before that, so yeah, we don't win this thing a lot, do we? No. Uh, well, shit. 
there's a good chance this year. Let's 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 just fucking do it. Um, I don't have anything else to say to you. I really don't. We've been going on for close to two hours now. We're nearing a record. Um, and that's fans of the long episode something. will be happy. Um, oh, questions. <laughs> oh God, do we have questions too. <laughs> we got questions. Oh Jesus! All right, all right. Hold we're on, you're on your ton of questions. Um, I mean, we're you know, we're in no no huge rush here. I don't think. Yeah. I'd, um, to get back at more Chiba great Hutton podcasting. Fridge. Really sorry. Got to pull up your lovely questions. Oh, we have six of them. All right. <laughs> uh, first one from Peace Health Bike Share Enjoyer. <laughs> That's great a great name. Great name. At could not be me <laughs> says, "How does the outcome of the last five games compare to the expectations set five games ago?" Oh, remember we did our expectations? We exceeded them. Oh, by like a metric we mile. Said, we set like seven points at minimum, Dude. and we got uh, ten. Dude, yeah, we said <laughs> I, we said we'd be happy with like six. Yeah, remember that? So like, yeah, we've it's been way, 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 way more than what we. And for. do we have optimism that the Timbers might make the playoffs? Yes. I think we do. Yes. Uh, um, anything? I else? I'm not. Uh, Again, like I, I think yes, we should make the playoffs. I mean, we're a playoff team for sure. We're good enough to be in the playoffs, absolutely. So like we just we're got, to, yeah, we stay healthy. And of course, and this this is also it's Timber's history, you know, to start off strong or start off weak and finish strong. So yeah, I, I think we should make the playoffs. Nathan at Nate Man says Nate predictions man. for the return match. I'm assuming he means against Seattle. Uh, we're gonna fucking beat him. That's my prediction. Uh, yeah, I'm predicting that it will be um, a more difficult game though, because oh, yeah. I think well, they'll that, be more healthy. Well, and... I think that like a there's also like kind of a like a stat. Like I remember my my dad my dad was talking to my dad after the game, and he was like, "Yeah, the Bulls um, lost like every one of their ring ceremony games because uh, he, he, <laughs> he both him and my parents lived in Chicago during yeah, the Jordan yeah. days." Um, so yeah, no, That's but it's, it's also like kind of like the curse of the celebration, you know, you come yeah. back, you know, you're focused on that and then you get whooped. Um, and I think they're going to be looking for some revenge in the next leg. So I'm, I'm expecting an angry and a motivated Seattle. Um, and who knows, maybe their away section will actually, uh, cheer better than their home fans did. Historically, I, I think that's been perfectly true now. <clears throat> uh, Peace Health Bike Enjoyer has another question or two. He says, also, where does the game that just happened fit into the Cascadia rivalry lore? And do you guys have any thoughts on Lawless's comments on the biggest rivalry? Oh, great, great way to bring in Lawless's comments. I forgot about uh, that. The first part, this is maybe, this is one of, I'll say one of the biggest regular season moments in this rivalry. I think it has to be because of the Champions League. They, they made it. They made it big. Yeah, yeah they made it's it big. It's their fault for making it big. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 6-2 is obviously going to be like a big moment forever, unfortunately. Uh-huh. But uh, this gets pretty damn close to the same level of embarrassing, if not like exceeding it. Yeah, this is a, this is a, this is a big one. Uh, okay, did you hear Lawless's comments? I did, yeah. Okay, can you relay them? Because I know uh, what they are. Oh, okay. So yeah, so basically before the game, um, Lawless was talking about... Um, uh, you you should pull it up too, because I'm I'm in case I misquote. Um, it's fine. But uh, basically, he was talking about the the Sounders Timbers rivalry, and he was kind of like criticizing it, saying that like he feels like it's exclusionary, and they don't like let other teams in on it, um, and that it was like they basically are like so like wrapped up in their own little rivalry that they like forget that it's like you know it's like the MLS is bigger than them. Um, basically, that was like the gist of it. From what I got, again, I didn't actually listen to it; I just saw a bunch of Twitter comments oh, about okay. it. Um, that was like the gist um, of what I got from it, um, and 
it it is just like on the face of it, like one of the dumber things I've ever heard. Like it's a really odd thing. Ima- to nitpick yeah, about to basically rivalry. like complain about a rivalry because it's exclusive to the teams involved. And they don't <laughs> let other teams in the league in. Like, are you listening to yourself? Like. Do you know what a rivalry is? Like, oh, why don't you let other teams in on your rivalry? Come on. Like, this is not a fault of the you, Timbers you know and Sounders. This is a fault this? of the MLS if they can't build legitimate, serious rivalries. You know what the most ironic thing about this is? What? Who do we play next game? Vancouver. Oh, you mean the team that's explicitly let in on the rivalry exactly. as the third member of it. Like, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Yeah, no. It Just like, in conclusion, I mean... Anytime someone asks me about Lalas' comments, I have to remind them that he is a troll. This is yeah. how you know his name is because he says things like this. So yeah, and I mean obviously works, the other thing works. with TV personality is like you know they don't even necessarily believe the stuff they're saying. They say stuff to generate views. Um, and this certainly generated uh, attention. Yeah, um, it's stupid. It's ridiculous. I'm I'm, I'm a, Lawless probably even knows it's stupid um, because yeah, I, I mean I that think he, that hasn't stopped any conservatives he, in the yeah, past. Like I think he knows enough about. Uh, the game to realize how dumb he's sounding, but it's just like, it's good TV. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's, you know, it is what it is. Like the, the, the Timber sound was rivalry. It's like, yeah, like if other teams, like how are we supposed to like, it's not, the whole point of a rivalry, of a rivalry is close. that like, it's between the two teams. Like, it's not like, if other teams don't have other rivalries, I'm like, Oh, like you can just join our rivalry. I think what then. he's trying to say with that is that like, sometimes it's hard for the rep and, what I, I still disagree with, uh-huh. him, by the way. I think he's trying to say, like, it's harder for the rest of the league or the rest of the country or the rest of the world to get invested in it because it's not, like, in L.A., essentially. Yeah. Or New York is what he's trying to say. Um, I mean, should we remind him who's won the West for the last seven years? Because the Timbers or Sounders have been in MLS Cup for... Since 2015, every season, like yeah, it's I mean, extremely the Timbers, consequential. The Timbers and the, the Sounders the right now it's are kind like, of on the rest of the are like if two not of like attention. the biggest clubs in MLS for sure over yeah. the last you know 10, 15 years. That's ten years at least. Uh, question from McGee: Santi, the pen master. What has the team ever had their designated penalty taker be so young? Is he the designated penalty taker? I'm confused, happy with it, but confused. We don't have a designated penalty taker. Yeah, it's kind of whoever feels like it. Um, We've had Paredes take one this year, Espria, Blanco, two, right? Espria's taken two. Um, We've had Blanco, Santi, two. two now. I feel yeah, like he's a, yeah. He's his two. first in the brace was a penalty, so that's a lot right there. Um, it, we um, that, none be, of those were our like number like nine. A lot of so. a lot of our recent penalties have been taken by whoever earned them. Like I think Paredes's was, Aspria's was, Santi's was. I don't think Aspria's was. Aspria's Nizgoda earned it against Nashville. I don't know about the other one. The, his, his first one, I'm pretty sure he did. Either way, I I mean we've talked about this so much. Like I would like the person to earn it has to take it. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. I'm you, cool if, with. Not having a designated penalty taker. I'm cool with somebody just stepping up. Yeah. The problem um, is when someone doesn't step up. Right. And I... Again, okay, we didn't talk about this game. Dyron Espria scored his penalty versus Nashville. Horrible penalty. Oh, my God. Yeah, not great. So bad. So <laughs> bad. Should have been saved every time. But, uh, you know, it went in the goal, which is all that mattered in that context. But, like, I don't really want Espria to be the designated penalty taker. Yeah, I'm much yeah, more comfortable with Santi doing it. Yeah. Because um, he's really good at it. Yeah, I mean, Santi stepped up in a very, like, a you know, pressured situation on the road um, in a big game and buried it really confidently. So, yeah, go yep. for it. 
Uh, Eric at Eric do some good says, can Williamson play his way onto the World Cup squad? I think he has earned slash deserved it, but I'm a huge homer. I think without, he's not it, there yet. No, I think without barring injuries, I don't think he'll be on the World Cup squad. Yeah, unfortunately, it's just and I be think, too little too And late. I think he might have. Yeah, exactly. I think if he hadn't gotten hurt, he very well could have proven that he's good enough for it. Because I do think that he honestly, I do think that he has a really, really strong case that he should be on the team based on his talent. But, but talent is only one of the things that matters in this sort of scenario. And also, like, he just has not proven it, really. He missed on so much valuable time when, like, Berhalter was choosing his squad, you know? Yeah, I mean, the last time he was involved with the national team was the Gold Cup. Yeah. And even though he played really well, like... I think that if... I think that most likely if he gets a look in with the national team, it'll have to be after this World Cup. Or, yeah. or maybe... Again, hopefully not, but maybe we'll get injuries at that position. In which case, if he continues this run of form, he as kind of like a sleeper pick for like a, a replacement. Um, I mean, it's the sort of thing where even if he does get in the squad, he's not getting minutes. Like, yeah, he's, but like, he's but, never getting minutes over like even De La Torre. Well, once once he's in the squad, though, like he is like he'll have the opportunity to show his talent. You know, training with them nonstop. Um, I mean, that's what camps are for. Like they do camps. And yeah, but like being squad. in the World Cup squad is it's different. You know, that's like a very it's very like legitimizes his role in the team. So how about how about this as a path? First things first, get him into some friendlies this summer, like or get him into Nations League games. You know, whatever it yeah. takes, get him on the pitch with Burhalter. But again, this, this all this um, only comes if he keeps up this run of form for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. He has you, to continue playing this well for the rest of the season. He needs to be in best 11 form, MLS best 11 form, for the rest of the year if he wants to have a shout at making World Cup squad. Which yeah. he's doing right now, by the way. Like, he is on that form right now. But I would give it, like, a 10% chance. I would... It's Even pretty, lower, it's pretty unlikely. Um, I think that he is good enough... Um, that's interesting. I just saw a car pull out, but there's not a driveway there. Hmm. Interesting. Whatever. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah, he's an amazing player, and I I think he honestly I think that he probably is good enough to be obviously not a starter on the team, but in in the squad. Um. Yeah. But I would be really surprised if he makes the World Cup squad. Um. Not yeah. that he could never find a role in the national team if he continues to play well and improve, but um. It's just, he just missed so much time. the tip of the iceberg with our golden generation, so we'll see what happens. Uh, while you check on the mysterious car, I will read the last Whatever. question from John, who says, always great to beat the Sounders, but this one was especially good because we ruined their CCL banner celebration. All correct. Also, did you see the U.S. under-20s winning the CONCACAF U-20 championship and qualifying for the next Olympics? I, I did, did see, see that, this. Yeah. For, I did not realize we hadn't qualified for the Olympics in so long. We historically do not qualify for the olympics yeah in recent years unfortunately the olympics are great as like a youth tournament i mean it isn't it like you can only have like three players above something 23 like that. or something yeah. some weird there were a lot of weird rules around that yeah i know because you can have like i remember like olympics where there's been like one player who's like a lot older and like what yeah <laughs> like, or like i remember ryan Giggs being on that like great britain team even though he's not english he was like welsh and he was still on the i don't know really weird shit um, I'm, you know, that would give me a reason to watch the Olympics because I don't particularly care about, them. I don't care about the Olympics, but it would be cool to watch a lot of young Americans, um, play competitive games for meaningful medals. True. True. Um, all right. That's all we got. Uh, yeah, let's beat Vancouver. And if you ever see us in the wild, say what's up. Yeah.
Because now you know what we look like, kind of. We put a picture out on Twitter. Yeah, put a, put a face reveal up. Try to guess who's who or something. I don't know. Or, yeah. Or don't. Or don't. I don't, I don't give a shit. Who was it that commented? Uh, who was it someone that? called it kinky. I think no, it was... someone, else, someone else would be <laughs> charged for it on the OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they call Emmett's pick kinky. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, shout out to Emmett, by the way, for the hospitality. Yeah. He very easily could have showed up and decided to root against us. But yeah, no, he came uh, came in as a neutral, got experience at Timber's Army, um, and ran with it. Yeah, it was awesome. All, all the uh, good and bad of it. Yeah, exactly. In between. Yeah, no, it was a uh, it was cool to have someone who was like that willing to like talk that much shit to people who were like that drunk and angry for a team that he like just just started just supporting like like, like 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 a couple hours ago. Admittedly, um, like openly, did not care about soccer before he came to the game. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it was a so, you know that's my kind of proselytization right there. Exactly, yeah. Great day, great vibes, great win for the Timbers. That's all we got for you. Oh, dude, we got to hit two hours. Exactly. Yeah, if we let it run another five seconds, we will hit two hours. Yeah, so, so go Timbers, go Timbers.